3: future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com. Past
2: performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals including gold involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional
4: before making an investment decision. All right, what's up ladies and gentlemen? We are live. And we are going to be streaming the Hamaday versus Maya's election challenge. Um I know that Carrie Lake's challenge has gotten a lot more publicity than this one, but guys this is a margin of only 511 votes. Hamaday's election challenge has a very strong likelihood of succeeding because this was one of the closest race, races in Arizona history. Um, so, looks like they're getting started here. I'm going to uh, go ahead and step out. This is going to be interesting.
5: Uh, defendants show the presence of... Multiple parties show the presence of Mr. Lasota, who's representing the plaintiffs in this matter. So, the presence of Mr. Lakowski and Mr. Warrington. I believe they're here. I haven't seen them yet. Uh, there's Mr. Lalkowski, uh representing the plaintiffs of Pro Hoc Vice. I haven't seen that yet, but uh, they're coming. This is uh, show uh, uh, your clients here, Mr. Lasota.
6: Uh, yes, Your Honor We have, uh, we have Mr. Boyd uh, He's on the, uh, the Zoom We have um, uh, I have Mr. Hamaday here in the room with me And I believe we have Ms. Kench as well But I don't see her uh, Yeah, she's on the call,
5: Your Honor All right. Thank you, Mr. Lesota uh, So the presence of Ms. Dool representing The uh, uh, Secretary of State, Ms. Hobbs uh, Is Mr. Barr with you too as well? Yes, Your Honor, here, representing Chris Mays. Right, so the president, Mr. Uh, show, show the president representing Ms. Mays. So the president of Dan Barr representing uh, uh, Chris Mays. Do you have Ms. Donovan with you and other parties as well, Mr. Barr?
7: I'm sorry, Miss Mays is not here, Your Honor, but with me is Alexis Daniman, uh Austin Yost, uh, Samantha Burke, Reagan Jensen, and Matthew Corner.
5: All right. Uh, some of those names sound familiar, uh, including one of the inspectors. Uh, show the presence of Ms. Uh, Duell for Ms. Uh, Hobbs. Who do you have with you today, Ms. Duhl? Your Honor, I have Andy Gaona,
8: co-counsel.
5: Okay, Mr. Gaona, I see you now. You weren't here yesterday. I apologize. Mr. Gaona, show the presence of Mr. Gaona. Uh, Ms. Duhl, uh, we had a big echo from yours, from your, so hopefully that's not a problem with other people as we go forward. Mr. Gaona, who do you have with you today?
9: Uh, Your Honor, Ms. Dool and I are in the same room. It's just the two of us on behalf of the Secretary.
5: And that may be why the echo. So if we can make sure uh, one of you is muted while the other one's talking. But we did not have an echo from your computer, Mr. Gaona. And I'm assuming you'll be the lead counsel today. Uh, I'm assuming I have Jason Moore. There's Jason Moore from Navajo County, representing Navajo County. I have uh, Mojave County Attorney's Office show the presence of Mr. LaRue, Ms. Krieger. Uh, down there, Mr. Esplin is here in the courtroom from the Mo- uh, Mojave County Attorney's Office. And I assume I have several other uh, county attorney uh, representatives representing their counties today, mostly in a nominal role. There's somebody from Pima County, Mr. Jerkowitz. There you are.
10: Good morning, guys.
5: To the president, Mr. Jerkowitz. Um, Mr. Esplin wanted to put some, before we have any other preliminary matters, Mr. Esplin, you wanted to put something briefly on the record?
11: Uh, yes, Your Honor. We just, uh, in, in in the interest of transparency, and uh, we want to make sure that the court is that, that all the parties are aware. Just that there was an ex parte communication with the court uh, on the December twenty first, uh, and it was regarding the sixteen six seven seven the uh, the uh, you know inspector and an appointment of inspector. Uh, the court had inquired of counsel, you know, how do we find this inspector, and and so there was just a brief discussion about that and. Uh, you know how do we do this, and then go from there. Um, and so we would just want to make sure that the parties are aware that we had that discussion, and the court can elaborate further if the court wishes. Uh, but that was just a. We just want to make sure we are aware of that there was just a couple conversations uh, back and forth about how did that, how does that work, how's the court appoint someone, and um, I, I sent an email to the court saying, well, this is how Maricopa County does it, and this is how the Maricopa County case, cases were proceeding. So I just want to put that on the record that there was. Uh, just a couple of conversations with us in the court about that. Um, and so make sure all the parties are aware that that took place um, and uh, in the interest of transparency, so that everyone's aware of it. All
5: right. Thank you. Mr. I guess I, I, I didn't, uh, I appreciate the thing. I, as you guys know, sixteen three seven seven is this sp- specific statute. I had seen in one of the orders that had been sent to me by the parties that judge Thomason had had the, the local Maricopa County attorney's office uh, prepare some or get someone that could, uh, serve as an inspector. So I just contacted the county attorney's office and said if I made that order of the Mojave County Attorney's Office, would they be able to find an inspector? So I, I hope that wasn't improper. I don't believe it was improper. And uh, so thank you for making the record on that. Uh, Mr. Lissot, are, are there any other preliminary matters before we get started today? Your Honor,
12: there is. This is uh, Joe LaRue for Maricopa County. Um, we have um, several attorneys on this case, and Karen Hartman-Tayes is stuck in your waiting room at the moment. Oh, is she in now? I, my apology, Your Honor. Last time I knew she was in the waiting room. But appearing today uh, for the county, in addition to uh, myself and Ms. Crager, uh, we do have Karen Hartman-Tayes. We have uh, Joseph Branco, Rosa Aguilar, and Jack O'Connor.
5: So who's going to be doing the questioning or the speaking? I I, I do want to try to limit, not limit. I mean, I, I guess that we we have a, a full day schedule for this hearing, and we need to get through it. But I'm going to just about to ask for opening statements, and I I guess if I'm going to get seven of them, it's going to be a long day. I'm hoping that we're uh, that we're limiting who's speaking, and we can and, and get moving forward to the uh, to the evidence. I, I did mention at the end of the last hearing that I'll be very liberal about getting the evidence into the record so that we can argue. Uh, what the parties believe is important. I did receive a couple of things overnight. Uh, I received from the Mays defendant and the, uh, and the uh, uh, Hobbs defendants trial briefs, memorandum briefs. I also received a motion from Mr. Lasota uh, to grant an order that some of the inspected ballots be released. Uh, There didn't appear to be any opposition to that order in the motion. And so I've granted that I didn't have a signed order, but I, I, put something out granting that. So the ballots that were inspected that you wanted to uh, get. Your Honor,
10: I I need to be heard on that if the court already granted that motion.
5: All right, Mr. Jerkowitz, go ahead.
10: Um, In Pima County, we did the inspection according to the court's order yesterday. There were uh, no inaccuracies found on any single ballot that were pulled by the inspection team. Those ballots have now been all been packed away and they're being inventoried for transfer to the treasurer's office this morning. I, I would very much strongly object to any of those ballots being pulled out yet a second time for no reason to be
6: transported somewhere. I guess, Your I, Honor, may I interject? Uh, we're not, uh, the, our side is not asking Pima County for any of their ballots to be uh, produced to the court.
5: Okay, and that's the impression I had as well. It was only ones that, that, that they had some questions about. So if that's what happened in Pima County, then there wouldn't be any of those ballots released. I'm just, I, and that's all that I ordered. And I hope that's all that, that was the understanding of the request. And I, I thought there would be no uh, serious objection to it. And I would grant the request over objection to ballots that uh, they did show me that may have been uh, different or uh, difficult to, to read. So hopefully that we're going to get somewhere of that Mr. Lasota, let's get started. Are you, uh,
12: Your, Honor, you, uh, Your Honor, I'm sorry. Before Mr. Lasota starts, Joe LaRue again, I just want to be clear. Your Honor did order the ballots to be produced, uh, to be entered as, as exhibits. Is that correct?
5: I ordered that the, the ones that the plaintiff is requesting to show the court that there may have been, that were done in inspections, it may, they want to show me why I should consider them to be released. Uh, now. And I it got the impression that you didn't have any objection to that, Mr. No,
12: Your Honor, we do not. I just wanted to be sure that that was the court's order. We needed We needed Your Honor to order that before we could do it. Uh, so we will um, direct our people to email the link to Mr. Lasota so that he can upload those or, or do with them as he needs. We simply ask that they be kept under seal and that they not be shown to the public.
5: All right. Again, I didn't have a written order to do that, but it is ordered that they be kept under seal. Thank you your honor all right so let's get started uh, mr soda do you have an opening statement well your honor I I in terms of the actual
6: ballots i we um, we haven't we the our inspectors looked at them we we would ask that there there be a stipulation that the any ballots that any party wants admitted be admitted uh, to this court but In terms of, and that's really, and we're going to ask the court for a ruling on on the ballots that are submitted as exhibits or are admitted as exhibits, I should say. But obviously, we've not because the county uh, believed, and I uh, that they they had to get the court order before they could share those. Uh, We we haven't been able to upload those into the portal. We can do that, but in terms of, um, you know, I am I'm hoping we can stipulate. That those are are admitted, and there aren't a lot of them. I think that Chris Mays's side wanted uh, six and, and or eight, and we wanted six. And we're hoping your honor could make a a ruling on how those ballots fall out in terms of if there's erroneous ballots that you would rule on that issue. Um, the other thing is that um, we also. In terms of where we're going today, is is in in terms of our evidence that that is going to be all we submit. We are going to renew our our petition to inspect more ballots. We do think that uh, it's a relatively small sample size in the undervotes. The um they did we did see a, a trend in favor of Mr. Hamiday, as we suspected. It it's not. I mean, it's not a, a monumental trend. I'm not suggesting that. I think he picked up, Mr. Homiday picked up six votes. Ms. Mays picked up two. And that's just, that is the undervotes. I think the other side might have something to say on the adjudications that were inspected. But, you know, we think the sample size is small. We understand Your Honor has already ruled on this, um, but we just would renew our petition for those ballots to for further inspections. We'd also renew the the motion for expedited discovery, uh, we understand your honors already ruled on that as well. And that's about it. Um, right now, we have not. I, I We're just getting those ballots now. So I, I don't have I would like to upload those. And uh, and then um, if I guess I'd ask the other side, I know this is a little unorthodox, if they will stipulate to admission of those ballots. Uh, and if not, then um, then I'll I'll call maybe that they I don't know if the county inspector's on. I do have Heidi Grande who was our inspector, who can lay foundation for those
5: ballots. And Mr. Barr, I'll start with you. Do you stipulate to the admission of these ballots? And I can do with them. Uh, um, use them for what they're worth, and 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 review them. Mr. Sorry, Your Honor, I have to unmute myself. Yes, we will stipulate to that. Uh, Mr. Gayona?
9: Your Honor, the, the Secretary takes no position on this issue, subject, of course, to the limitation mentioned by Mr. LaRue that the ballot images not be broadcast to the public.
5: And uh, Mr. LaRue? Yes, Your Honor, that's that's fine with us. These don't sound like they're from anywhere else except Maricopa County. Is that right, Mr. Lasoda? That's correct, Your Honor.
4: Your Honor, <clears throat> this is Jason Ward, Navajo County. Uh, I think that our, our some of our ballot images were requested, too, in uh, pursuant to the court order and consistent with the limitations uh, that the courts mentioned on making those public. Uh, we have, uh, just, we're working right right now on sending, uh, uh, nine ballot images to Mr. Lasota and he can take care of, his firm can take care of, uh, filing those with, uh, or, or uploading those to the portal. Okay.
6: Your honor. I don't, maybe one of the other parties wants the Navajo ballots and I, we would obviously stipulate to admission of those, but, but I won't requ- I'm not requesting that. Yeah.
7: We're not requesting them
13: either. Your honor.
5: Maybe we don't even need to do that. It sounds like if the plaintiff's not requesting him, this is the plaintiff's day. This is the plaintiff's burden today to prove the uh, uh, the elements. And obviously, uh, I guess, Mr. Lasota, you just uh, I'm trying to figure out what what you just told me It's like. You're, you're that's the evidence that you're going to present today, and then you want to argue the case. Uh, uh, the, the state, I mean, the uh, the, the counties. And the uh, other defendants who need not produce any evidence, they have a right to produce evidence uh, if they want to. Uh, so is that where where we are at today? You're going to uh, the court is admitting pursuant to stipulation by all the uh, uh, relevant parties uh, to the ballots that are being uh, requested by Mr. Soda from Maricopa County. And it is uh, when they get uploaded, uh, it is ordered that they be sealed. Uh, they're not uh, to be given to the public and shown to the public, but we'll address uh, you know, what's important in them uh, for me to consider in determining whether or not the plaintiff is meeting their burden today. And are there any other witnesses or evidence that you want to call, or you just want to argue that later on? Yes, Your Honor.
6: I just, I essentially just want to make the points I've I've made. Um, with regard to uh, with regard to the further inspection and the um, you know I I made those points I know you've ruled already but um and and those ballots are admitted we do think they show a trend so I I will just you know I'd, I'd obviously ask to be heard after the other side but um but that's all I have and I think it's over to them at this point
5: all right uh, so Mr Barr I expected I was coming to you to make an opening statement of some sort. It sounds like it's more of a uh, uh,
7: I, I do have a short opening, Your Honor, and then I uh, have a, a question that maybe we can resolve uh, with plaintiffs. Uh, uh, Your Honor, for two weeks after they filed their verified complaint in this court, based solely on information and belief, um, plaintiffs had no facts to support any of their claims in this case. Yesterday. Uh, Plaintiffs spent the day looking for facts in Maricopa County, Pima County, and Navajo County. Uh, They are the ones who chose where to look for the facts. They are the ones who chose the ballots uh, in these counties. The evidence will show that of the thousands of ballots that plaintiffs reviewed yesterday, they found a total of approximately four ballots that were under votes in the attorney general's race, that arguably should have been adjudicated differently. In Pima County, as Mr. Jerkowitz has said, they found zero ballots uh, uh, that would support their claim. In Navajo County, they arguably found one, uh, which was a vote that may have been for an unnamed writing candidate that was tabulated for Chris Mays. In Maricopa County, uh, they, uh, they found... Uh, they. Uh, three ballots, uh, which under further review should have been tabulated for Chris Mays. So that's it, Your Honor. Four ballots in three counties, the result of which Chris Mays netted two additional votes. The only question that remains after yesterday's review of the ballots that plaintiffs selected is why we're even here today. Plaintiffs' case was in better shape, frankly, yesterday. Morning, when they had no facts, than it is today. The evidence will show that the only truly admissible evidence uh, is the firsthand information that plaintiffs uh, possess that in the 2022 election for Attorney General is that Chris Mays arguably netted two additional votes. And with that, Your Honor, I need to clarify with the plaintiffs what exactly we're doing today. Now, it seems like they've abandoned. Uh, counts one through three of their complaint, and that they are only seeking to uh, uh, prove evidence of a
6: erroneous count. Is that correct? Okay, uh, if it's okay, I-, I could address that, Your Honor. Uh, we're not we're not abandoning our we're not abandoning those counts. We are. Uh, I would say that uh, we we do not have further evidence to offer. And we've obviously made our, our record on the the motion for expedited discovery and petition for uh, for for further inspection of ballots. So, I, yeah, I mean that, that's a mischaracterization to say that we're abandoning any counts.
7: Well, like Your Honor, I'd like to know what proof they're going to put on today regarding counts one through three.
5: They've already said what proof they're going to put on today, and that's going to be the ballot. So they're going to live are going to live with the proof that uh, they have alleged in the uh, in the petition. Is that correct, Mr. Lasota?
6: Yes, we have we have produced what proof we can offer today.
5: Right, thank you, uh, Mr. Gaona. Uh,
9: Your Honor, I I will not be repetitive of anything that Mr. Barr said. I want to be respectful of the court's time. Um, we were we were here. I'm sorry. Can you hear me, Your Honor?
5: Yeah, I said it sounds like I'm going to have more time than I thought this morning. <laughs> yeah.
9: I think that's right, Your Honor, and that would be great for all of us uh, going into a holiday weekend, I'm sure. Um, Just a few words, Your Honor, which is that we were here what seems like weeks ago, but was just a few days ago, and told this court that the plaintiffs had no evidence to support their claims and that they should have been dismissed. um, And as Mr. Barr put it, that we should not be here today. Those predictions turned out to be rather prescient. Um, We are here on a serious matter Mr. Hameday has, request, has asked this court to overturn the results of the election. They had no proof when they filed their complaint. They have no proof now. And uh, we, uh, we, the defendants will be putting on some evidence, Your Honor, to establish the processes, what happened here, and why the court has absolutely no basis to overturn the election. And we look forward to the prompt dismissal of this case. And the confirmation of Attorney General elect Mays as the Attorney General. Thank you, Your Honor. Right,
5: thank you, Mr. Gaona. Mr. LaRue, opening.
12: Um, Your Honor, no opening, but a request. Um, we, we had anticipated that plaintiffs would put on their case in chief first, and that the uh, ballots that uh, Mr. Lasota wants to use as evidence would be already um, either in evidence. Uh, you know, stipulated to as we did, but they would be uploaded and available. Um, that hasn't happened yet. We just now emailed to Mr. Lasota the link containing the ballots. So I would ask that we take a 10 minute or 15 minute recess to allow him to upload those to the court's portal, because our first witness will be uh, Mr. Scott Jarrett, who is our uh, uh, co-elections director, and Mr. Jarrett will walk through the ballots and explain the county's processes and why the county made the decisions it made with regard to the adjudication of those ballots. Uh, we believe that would be helpful to the board.
5: All right. Uh, you think that can be done in 15 to 20 minutes, Mr. Lesota, maybe shorter? Uh, Your Honor, I'll, I'll uh, I've never used
6: the the Mojave County portal, but I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, we're not talking a lot
9: of material, so I think it'll be quick. All right. And your honor, um, could we also ask the County to send uh, the ballot images to the secretary's council subject to the court's sealing order? And we of course will not disseminate them beyond council just so we can all look at the documents at the same in, time.
7: And council for Chris Mays would ask the same, your honor. All
5: right. Uh, and obviously, uh, Mr. Larue, if, if you can make that happen, uh, then everybody has to follow the same order. These are sealed. I would just say, everybody that's on, we're going to take a uh, ten to fifteen minute break, however long it takes. If somebody will let uh, somebody know, I'll be uh, just waiting in the back to come back in here and start up uh, with with that during the break. So I'm going to just stand at recess for as short a time as possible. Let's make that happen.
12: i
4: Hey, guys. So uh, I was talking to my wife there for a minute and I had to step away. I was going to do 2x speed and get caught up, but it looks like we're on some sort of intermission right now. Um, so I, I just wanted to tell you guys, I got a I got a a, a message regarding a tweet from Abraham Hamaday. And I want to pull that up real quick. Looks like there's some... Uh, Let me see. Let's see. Okay. So Abraham Hamaday on Twitter said Katie Hobbs had the results of the recount illegally sent to her office for reconciliation and accuracy when it should have gone from the counties directly to the court. This is how Democrats operate. They openly violate the law. They have contempt for the law and mock judges. And so he actually cites the law. Now, remember, Remember, Abraham Hamadeh is an attorney and uh you know the the attorney general's office is basically the top prosecutor in the state. So Abraham Hamadeh is a very competent prosecutor to even have come close in a race in Arizona for the the position of top prosecutor. So he knows the law. Okay? Now, he cites Arizona statute 16-665 which says the result of the recount shall be presented to the court and the court shall then announce the result and make and enter an order setting forth its determination. Um, now part two of that statute says to the secretary of state with respect to offices to be filled by electors of the entire state, a congressional district, a legislative district or a subdivision of the state greater than a county. The secretary of state shall forth, Forth, forthwith deliver to the candidate, entitled thereto as certified by the court, the certificate of election. So Hamadeh is basically saying that the law has been violated regarding this recount. Uh, the, the recount was illegally sent to Katie Hobbs' office, I guess to be vetted, <laughs> well, <laughs> manipulated possibly, when it was supposed to go directly from the counties to the court. Now we know there was also some obstruction by the county uh Abraham Hamadeh was was seeking the cast vote records and there was a refusal to turn that over to his uh to his legal team so there's been a lot been a lot of obstruction and uh contempt for the law regarding this trial now I have to admit I haven't been paying as much attention to this as I was the Carry Lake trial but I read the original complaint and I talked about it on my Locals channel. Abraham Hamaday here is, uh, what, he, what, he, what, he's, what he's seeking to prove is not election fraud, but that there were ballots that were counted that should not have been counted. And there were also ballots that should have been counted that were not counted. And it's very simple. Uh, by by you know, petitioning the courts to reconcile these issues, it should change the outcome of the election. And so we're not really seeking um, – we're not seeking a new election here, and we're not trying to prove fraud. Abraham Hameday, again, has a margin to overcome of 511 votes. That means if he can prove that, hey, there was more than 511 votes that should have been counted for me that weren't, then this election outcome could easily be changed in the favor of Hamaday Now, one of his main complaints – there was five counts in the original complaint, and one of them was dismissed by the judge for for latches. And that count regarded uh, it was it was related to the signature verification process. And what Abraham Hamaday basically said is that the signatures were verified illegally. Uh, that there was supposed to be, you know in the signature verification process they're supposed to take the ballot affidavit signature, and compare that to the registration signature on file. And if those two don't match, we know it goes to the level two management and then to curing. But what Abraham Hamadeh says is that what they did was they illegally pulled other records, such as the, the deed signatures or the DMV signatures, and used those signatures to try to make these ballots count. Uh, and he said that that was illegal. Now, apparently, according to the judge, what they did was part of the elections procedure manual. And uh, they said that it was, a, I guess, a, a fundamental under, misunderstanding of how the proper process goes. Um, so that, that count was actually dismissed. The other four counts have been allowed to go forward. And that's significantly more than what... what uh, Carrie Lake had in her lawsuit only two out of 10. So here we have four out of five of the counts going to trial. And the other counts, uh, one of them regards provisional ballots, um, people that were not allowed to cast a provisional ballot that he argues they should have been. There was this other thing where so we, we had these people going to one vote center and checking in and then the the machines were not tabulating ballots. So then those people were told, all right, well, here's what you can do. You can either drop your ballot in in door three, you can sit around and wait until the machines work, or you can go to another vote center. And a lot of those people, they went to another vote center, and the second vote center told them, hey, (laughs) sorry, we can't allow you to vote here because you're still checked in at the other vote center, and it appears that you've already voted. And we know that there was uh, claims from Maricopa County. There was claims that uh, they they had they had instructed their uh, election workers to, you know, check people out of the first vote center so that they could go vote somewhere else. And and what we what we heard <coughs> from election workers is that there was never any instruction on how to do that. They were never taught how to check people out of one vote center. So, they could go vote in another. So, a lot of the time, these people were still checked in and they went uh, to go vote at another vote center and they couldn't. So, Ab- Abraham Hamadeh is saying that if those people were allowed to cast a ballot, then that would change the outcome of the election. It's going to be interesting. You know, Carrie, uh, Mark Fincham had to overcome a margin of 120,000 plus. Votes and you know that was the likelihood of success there was very low. Um, Kerry Lake had a margin of 17,117, and Abraham Hamaday only has a margin of 511. So, I really think, um, I really think this one can be done. This one can be done, and we saw what happened in Kerry Lake's uh. We saw what happened in Kerry Lake's trial. The ballot inspection revealed that there was six out of six out of six vote centers that they examined had ballots that, you know, the, the ballot paper was 20 inches, but the ballot image that was printed on the ballot was only 19 inches. And we caught the co elections director, Scott Jarrett making contradictory statements under oath regarding these 19-inch ballots. On day one, on Wednesday, he said, no, there was no 19-inch ballots. No, that, that, that didn't exist. If it did, I would know. And if, if that happened, it would be a, a failure of the election process. Then yesterday, on day two of the trial, this, ca- this came up again. And he completely changed his mind. To which he said, oh, well, we did a root cause analysis and we found, you know, that there was three vote centers that they clicked the shrink to fit button. And that caused the ballots to shrink down to 19 inches. And it was an accident. And we only found it in three vote centers out of like 232. Now, what what Kurt Olson, Kerry Lake's attorney, said was that. That's not possible. Uh, and you're obviously lying. Well, he didn't say that, but it was implied. He said, obviously, you're lying because we had a ballot inspector look at six vote centers and find 19-inch ballots in every single one. So what you're saying is there were no 19-inch ballots at three of these vote centers out of six. You're, you're telling us that we're wrong? Well, Here's the thing: we have images, and we can prove it. It's it's so the co elections director was lying under oath. There's there's no question about that. And what I also found interesting is the fact that Scott Jarrett, co elections director in Maricopa County, tried to say, "Well, we had this issue in the primaries. We had the this issue in 2020. We had this issue in 2019, um, 2018. This happened in the past three elections." This shrink-to-fit issue. And if that's the case, well, then why has nobody heard of it before? Kurt Olson asked Scott Jarrett, he said, uh, hey, why, why? if you found this shrink-to-fit issue in this election, why didn't you tell the public? Why didn't you tell Maricopa County? Why does nobody know that you found this? And Scott Jarrett said, well, because our root cause analysis is still ongoing. Okay, well then why in if it happened in the past 3 elections did you not publish your root cause analysis from from back then? See, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in Carrie Lake's lawsuit. I don't know if the judge was picking up on the things that I was. I don't know if the judge has integrity. Um, but if he t- if anyone takes an honest look of at what happened the past 2 days, Then they would clearly see, clearly see that the election was intentionally manipulated, which caused not just voter suppression and voter disenfranchisement, but it also caused massive amounts of ballots to have to be duplicated so that the tabulators would accept them. And this was done at a central count uh, location, a second location. They took all the ballots that were rejected. And what they did was duplicate those ballots onto new ballots and run those through the machines. And when they did that, they were supposed to uh, follow the the law in Arizona and make sure that the original and duplicate were together, marked appropriately with serial numbers, and they didn't do that. (coughs) So the fact that they didn't do that opens up the door uh, the possibility that they could have duplicated the votes and changed people's votes and there's no way of knowing because you can't trace the original ballot back to the duplicate there was so much that came out of uh, the past 2 days i'm i'm very curious to see what abraham hamadeh can can uh bring to the floor today i want to pull up his original complaint real quick Give me a sec Now, like I said, guys, we're at this weird intermission, and I was talking to my wife. So I didn't actually hear how long this break is or, you know, what? I don't even know what's going on here. I was going to (laughs) pick up my phone and watch, you know, what I missed on 2x speed and get caught up. Yeah. So if you guys, you guys that were paying attention, please let me know. How long is this break for and what the heck's going on? <clears throat> I told you guys I wasn't going to stream this. I told y'all I wasn't going to stream this because, uh, <laughs> oh, they're uploading files. Oh, so, so yeah, yes. I mean, the, the Cary Lake issue or the Cary Lake trial had so many issues with not being able to get evidence, you know, submitted, not, um, being able to get exhibits properly uploaded and stuff like that. Hopefully we don't have issues. No, Ard, Ard Bark Eater. I did hear that part. No, they, so the, the, the county's attorneys tried to say that you've effectively given up on the first three counts of your case, and he said, no, we just don't have any new evidence to submit. So that's completely uh, dishonest, what you're trying to say there.
14: <laughs> Laws exist in order
4: to see justice. Oh, what's Timothy? Timothy Lasoda? Let's hope he's got a hot mic. He doesn't. He, let's hope he doesn't know that he's on camera. Now it looks like everybody's coming back. <sighs> but the issues are a feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, not to mention. The the chain of custody issues with Carrie Lake's lawsuit, we had uh, 292,000 ballots lacking chain of custody because they weren't counted at the vote center, you know, and they're supposed to be. Then they were transferred to Runbeck and they, they tried to say, well, we create a chain of custody at Runbeck. Okay, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Because they were taken from the vote center and transported to Runbeck. So when they arrive at Runbeck, nobody knows how many ballots they're, they're taking at Runbeck. So from the vote center to Runbeck, you could have inserted ballots or Runbeck could insert ballots right there upon opening the, 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 the containers. And then they get to count them up. Like the chain of custody starts at Runbeck. Does that not concern you? <laughs> the chain of custody on all the ballots that were dropped off on election day begins at Runbeck, a third party vendor that has a political bias affiliation. I mean, Runbeck CEO Jeff Ellington has exclusively donated to Democrat candidates. And here's this third party with, with zero oversight. Um, they're not subject to FOIA requests apparently because they're, they're a private company. And so this third party is effectively able to do whatever they want. And we, we had we had witnesses saying that they personally saw ballots being inserted at Runbeck. Now, this one witness said that they saw about 50. But that's, that's just the one person that was willing to come forward. They said that they were instructed, they were allowed to insert ballots of their family members and uh, that's completely illegal. So so Runbeck was instructing people they were allowed to insert ballots for their family members at a non-authorized drop location. So let me let me get this straight. We're supposed to trust Runbeck, we're supposed to trust what happens at Runbeck, but yet here we have a clear violation of the law. And if they would do that, what else would they do? You see, you see, so again, I really hope that the judge was paying very close attention yesterday to the contradictions, to the the evidence, uh, the lies that were told under oath by both. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the co-elections director, as well as Stephen Richer. You know what was funny to me. You know, what was funny to me is the fact that they had <clears throat> um, Ryan Messias testify on behalf of the county. So Ryan Messias is like a total Democrat operative. This guy was temporarily the director of the the Election Assistance Commission, the EAC. He was also a consultant, is currently a consultant for SISA the Cyber Infrastructure uh, Security Agency. And if you guys remember this, you guys remember when when the, the Pennsylvania Senate, they were trying to do an audit of the Dominion machines, I believe in Fulton County. And uh, Dominion intervened and filed a petition with the courts saying that they didn't want anybody to audit the machines except for the people that they... Authorized and approved of. Well, guess what? Guess who that was? Dominion wanted Ryan Messias to be the auditor. They said that they were they were not going to allow anyone to audit the machines except for Ryan Messias. and that's the guy. <clears throat> that's the guy that they tried to have um, debunk. The claims by Clay Perique and I think that they failed utterly. Look, <clears throat> um, I, I'm, I don't, I don't know how the judge is going to decide, but the evidence is there, and the the case was absolutely uh, evidenced. Let Let's just put it this way: I'm not even going to jump to the conclusion that there's proof that was brought up in that trial that the election was rigged. But there is absolutely no way to know who won legitimately because you had the voter disenfranchisement outlined by Richard Barris, and we said that there was sixteen to 30,000 uh, Republicans that were disenfranchised. Now, we can't say definitively that those people would have voted for Kerry Lake but we can say that we don't know how they would have voted and if this machine issue didn't happen then they they then they would have voted right and so the outcome is unknown because of that but also because the chain of custody issue um there's absolutely no way to know so the the outcome is rendered unknown and <clears throat> i hope that the judge makes his decision Based on that, are there enough balls to actually act on it in court is the question. Well, I guess we'll find out. So here's here's the thing. I think this holiday uh, trial is going to go all day. If we happen to get a decision in the Kerry Lake trial throughout the day uh, during this live stream, then here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna go and jump onto locals and it won't be a supporters' only stream. it'll be open to everybody okay so i'll I'll cover that over on locals in the event that we get that news during this trial. so I would uh, if you guys are not subscribed over on locals, go to dot and you can be a five dollar supporter but you don't have to be and you definitely don't have to be uh, for my coverage of the dis well I almost said dismissal decision. On the Kerry Lake trial. <clears throat> if it happens after this trial. Then we'll set up a separate live stream. Here on Rumble. But I don't want you guys to miss that. Now do me a favor. We got a thousand people watching. Please smash the Rumble button. And subscribe to this channel here on Rumble. As we cover all MAGA related news. And particularly election fraud. So hopefully. Hopefully you guys are subscribed here. Now it looks like we're. The judge is taking his seat. I don't hear anything at the moment. But, yeah, it looks like we're getting back up and running. So they got their evidence and exhibits submitted. Oh, man, Corey Lewandowski. No, that's not Corey Lewandowski. Sorry. The letters were really small. But you see, we got Perkins Coy in the house.
5: It looks like we have everybody back. We're back on the record in CV 2022-01468. I did note uh, while while we were off the record that uh, 14 new exhibits have been admitted under the plaintiff's uh, exhibit numbers. Into the digital case line. it is ordered pursuant to the stipulation prior to the break is ordered admitting plaintiff's exhibits one through 14, all inclusive as evidence for the court to consider in this matter. It is further ordered that these uh, documents be sealed. Uh, this is uh, private ballots that should not be uh, made available to the public, but the court will review them. And give them uh, proper consideration. This is uh, uh, the continuation of this hearing, uh, Mr. Lasota. Do you have any other evidence to admit,
6: Your Honor? The only other thing I, I think is that you know you, you do have the ballots, but but you don't really have an explanation of of how they were originally counted. And I could I could call Heidi Grande to to just state the. The undervotes we found for Mr. Hamaday, obviously there are, there are ballots for Ms. Mays also, but I would just leave that to, to them because I just, I saw these for the first time just now. I have my six by essentially by ballot number that I, that, and I just, that's the only thing I'd like to point out to the court is which six that we would like you to look at. And, um, and then, uh how they were originally scored in terms of how they were counted originally, because that will give you the baseline. And, and obviously the other side is probably going to want to do the same thing. Otherwise you you may not know, you know, well, why is he asking me to look at this ballot? Um, unless yeah. we can all just stipulate uh, that, you know, how it was counted initially.
5: I guess I was open to hear evidence about how many ballots were inspected and then why these particular ballots were pulled out. Uh, called out for the court to review
6: yeah if you want we can call um i think we have the well we have heidi grande on the line
5: mr Lasota. uh it, it's what you want this is your case okay. Is okay. It, uh, calling heidi grande as a witness yes all right miss grande are you on the uh zoom so we can all see you
15: yes i am all
5: Right, can we uh, bring her online can you talk again, Ms. Grande? You popped up for. A yes, second. I'm here.
15: It's saying host has denied video or stop video.
5: Yeah, we can, the, the host will undo that here in a second. Did you find her? Did you make sure we have the right, the right numbers? Those are the numbers I have. All right, so we're going to uns. Oh, there you are, Ms. Grande. Okay, Ms. Grande. Uh, raise your right hand. The clerk's going to swear you in as a witness.
15: Do you solemnly swear or affirm that the testimony which you shall give in the cause now pending shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, under penalty of perjury. So help you, God? I do. All
5: right. Uh, go ahead, Mr. Lasota. Thank you, Your Honor.
12: Mr. Lasota, Mr. Lasota, I am sorry for interrupting. Your Honor, I am very sorry for interrupting. Um, but it's my understanding that media is on and if mr. Lasota brings up these valid images they will be viewed uh, I just want to flag that for your honor I don't know how to handle that
5: do we have a way to just show them to the witness and not not until and the court and
14: not to the public as long as the witness has case lines, the witness of case lines up on their computer and Ms. can have them accessing that and and being able to reference them and and show them But if we share screen here on Zoom
5: right now, it's going to go to the public. All right. And I'm assuming, Ms. Grande, you don't have case lines on your computer, or maybe you do.
15: Case lines as in?
5: Our digital evidence system that we have here in the
15: county. No, sir, I do not.
5: Your Honor, I think we can just point these
6: out by ballot number um yeah without showing them because she i mean uh, she knows which ones that you know she wrote down the numbers and i think it will be pretty apparent to your honor what we're talking about if you do look at the ballot specifically but as long as you have the last essentially the last four last six digits on the ballot image um and they all they're all given a, a lengthy number but as long as you have the the, as long as everybody has the the number, we can just explain to you what what we'd
5: like you to look at. All right. and just for the just for the record, I I can access case lines separate from Zoom, and I can do that while you're talking about specific ballots as well.
6: Okay, so okay. go ahead. Th-
4: thank you, Your Honor.
6: Uh, good morning, Miss Grande. Good morning. So you've stated your name for the record. Will you uh, just tell us, give us a little background about yourself?
15: Um, you cur- work-
6: I'm sorry? What do you do?
15: Currently working for the or AZGOP.
6: Okay. And you were one of the court-appointed inspectors in Maricopa County yesterday? That's correct. Do you know how many ballots you, you looked at?
15: We approximately went through about 2,000 and we hit about, I think, about 2,600.
6: Well, was it, which which is it, 2,000 or 2,600?
15: 2, Closer to 2,600.
6: Okay. Do you know what the composition of those ballots was?
15: Composition as in how many were?
6: Uh, were they under votes? Were they adjudications? They were
15: all under votes and some were adjudication.
6: Okay. Do you know how many
15: adjudications? Adjudication totals. Went through. I believe that was one hundred and twenty or one hundred and six. Sorry.
6: Okay, so the rest were under votes. Is that correct? That's
15: correct. Yes.
6: Okay. Now, in terms of the undervotes and I, I know you, you found a, uh, you know, you, you found different things, but you did find some actual mistakes. Correct. That's correct. Yes. Okay. And, and in fairness, not all the mistakes favored Mr. Homiday. That's
15: correct. correct.
6: Okay. Yes. So in terms of the undervotes that you examined, could you just tell the court what what you found?
15: What I had found in the undervotes was that the four that I had identified, they both they did favor Mr. Hamadeh, but then they went to the original read what the original read and then went to adjudication. Adjudication also disagreed and they found it as blank. And that's what it shows in adjudication.
6: Okay. Can you give us the ballot numbers you found for Mr. Hamaday?
15: Yes. First one. Do you want the full number or the last? I,
6: I think the last six digits will suffice.
15: Okay. So it's 000084. Okay. Zero 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 four one zero. Okay. Zero zero. Zero five four. And then there's two with the same last digits. So you may need, do you want the full number?
6: Yeah, if you could get the full number for those, that'd be good.
15: Zero, 07008 zero, 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 00063 zero, 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 Zero 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 seven, zero 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 one four two.
6: Okay, maybe I can just repeat those, just so that we have all those. the The, the first was zero seven, zero 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 eight zero 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 six three, and then zero 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 one four two. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, uh, and the next one is zero seven zero zero nine. 000007 is that correct? Correct. Okay. And was there one more?
15: There was one more here which is zero, 04 well actually we can go with the last digits last on six, this one yeah. it's a lot easier. Zero, 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 000711.
9: Okay. Very good. Uh, and, your honor and Mr. Lasota, I'm sorry, your honor, um we we had just printed out the copies of these of the ballots. I just want to make sure we're all looking at the same number. So, uh, you know, can we get some clarification on where the witness is pulling the number from? So we're all looking at the same thing.
15: The the, What I have here was what we pulled yesterday when we were inspecting ballots, all of which was given over to Scott Jarrett to pull for the court. And they,
6: and they all have a unique number, correct? Ms. Grande? That's
15: correct. They all have a unique number.
9: M- Mr. Gaona, did that help? Well, I'm, I'm just trying to figure, I'm looking, Mr. Lasota, at the, the full printout of each of the ballots that were just uploaded. Oh my and is, is it only on the electronic file name that you can see the number? Is that what it is? Yes. Uh, I see. Yes.
6: Yeah. So it's, I, I, I actually don't have them printed out. I'm just looking at them as they're identified on the, on the electronic exhibit. Okay. So if you look at that. You, that will tell you the number. Okay, understood.
9: Thank you very much for the clarification. If, you got I, it. if, I,
5: could, if I could just help a little bit maybe, uh, I have I've written down each of these numbers and then corresponded them with the exhibit numbers that uh, we'll be looking at. 00084 is exhibit six. zero zero 000410 is exhibit seven. zero zero 00054 is exhibit eight. zero uh, zero 000711 is exhibit nine. The uh, the first one four two that begins in zero seven zero zero eight is exhibit eleven, and the second one four two that begins in zero seven zero zero nine is exhibit fourteen. So those are the exhibit numbers. Thank you, Your Honor.
6: So it sounds like we're talking about exhibits six, seven, eight, nine, eleven, and fourteen. Correct. Okay. All right. So those are the those are the ballots now miss grande would you just explain those were originally counted as no vote for any candidate that's Is correct that okay yes. but the ballots show that those should have been voted so that that's an undervote correct that's correct okay but the ballots clearly show that those votes should have been for mr homaday correct that's correct okay um i don't have anything else
5: for this witness your honor all right. Thank you. Uh, any questions? Uh, I'll start with Mr.
12: LaRue. Yes, Your Honor. Thank you. Um, good morning, Ms. Is, is, is it Grande.
15: Yes, it is. it's Grandy, but.
12: Grandy. Good morning, Ms. Grandy. Good
15: morning. Um,
12: and I want to thank you again for being present yesterday and being part of the inspection. As I told you yesterday, that is an important process and You know, everybody appreciates your participation. I have just a few questions for you. Um, Have you ever received the Secretary of State's election officer certification training? No, sir. So you aren't an Arizona elections officer? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, Are you an elections officer in any state? No. Have you ever been part of an adjudication board in Maricopa County? No. No. Have you ever been part of an adjudication board anywhere? No. Um, have you ever received any training in adjudication processes by Maricopa County?
15: Not by Maricopa County.
12: Have you ever received any such training anywhere in Arizona by a county? Not by a county. Okay. Um, no further questions, Your Honor.
5: Thank you. Mr. Gayona, any questions?
8: Your Honor, just your
5: one. Your one point. Point. Just one
8: question, Your Honor. Sorry about that. Um,
5: Ms. Gould, uh go ahead.
8: Ms. Grande, uh, just one question for you. Are you familiar with the Arizona Secretary of State Voter Intent Guide? You know what that is? Voter intent as to what the adjudicators? No, that's the Arizona Secretary of State's office has a voter intent guide. Are you familiar yes. with that? Um, have yes. you ever seen it? I have seen the guide. Can you tell me, um, describe generally what that document is?
6: Objection okay. as to relevance, Your Honor. The, these didn't go to adjudication.
8: Um, Your, Your Honor, this is relevant.
5: Well right. If she knows, and so the objection is overruled. Go ahead. Her. Tell her what you know, Miss Grande.
15: Yes, I have seen documents as to examples as to what would be considered a vote, undervote, overvote, etc.
8: When when did you see that? I saw that actually yesterday. You saw it yesterday. Yes. Um. Did you, did someone at the county give it to you? No. Where did you get the document? I actually got it
15: via email and let me pull up, let me one moment. This is the Maricopa Maricopa Adjudication Quick Reference and I can give you the number. This is in the Adjudication Quick Reference Guide. Did you want the number to the page? Sure, Yes. That's one zero two,
8: four two zero two zero. As you're looking at that document, Ms. Grande, is that uh, you? I was asking about the Arizona Secretary of State voter intent guide, and it sounds like that document is the Maricopa County one. Is that correct?
15: Maricopa County is Maricopa County adjudication.
8: Yes. Okay. So you you that document that's in front of you that you're referring to when you said that you had seen the Secretary of State's Voter Intent Guide, Um, you're referring to this document that's actually the Maricopa County Adjudication Quick Reference Guide. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, no further questions, Your Honor. All
5: right, thank you. Uh, Mr. Barr, any questions? You're on mute, Mr. Barr. Yes, Your Honor, just a few. Uh,
7: Ms. Grande, I'm sorry, it's Grande? Grande. Grande. I say, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, you were part of a three person panel that reviewed uh, the, the votes, the, the ballots in Maricopa County yesterday, is that correct?
8: That's correct.
7: And the members were Reagan Jensen, correct? Yes. And Christina Work, is that correct?
15: Was the attorney?
7: Yes. Present? Yes. Yes, and she was the court appointed one, correct? And the three of you uh, reviewed the ballots and uh, determined whether you agreed or disagreed with determinations. Is that correct?
15: That is correct. And we were in agreement upon the ones we were actually putting into exhibit.
7: And, well, that isn't so, is it? Is that, in fact, you disagreed, the other two disagreed with your determinations regarding Exhibit 11 and Exhibit 14. Isn't that correct?
15: Exhibit 11, I can't see that ballot, so I wouldn't, I don't know.
7: Well, they just dis- would you agree that they disagreed with some of your determinations yesterday?
15: There was one in disagreement.
7: Okay. And if they if somebody testified there was more than one, would they be uh telling the truth?
15: That there was more than one? Yes. Yes.
7: Okay. Um and in fact there were some they also made a ter- determinations that you disagreed with concerning ballots that should have been counted for Chris Mays, correct?
15: I agreed that it should have gone to adjudication.
7: And, But you disagreed with what the adjudication results should have been, correct?
15: It was not adjudicated, so I did not agree with that. That's correct.
7: So my question is simple, uh, Ms. Grant. Davis: is, Isn't is it true that uh, the other two members of this panel disagreed with several of your conclusions regarding whether votes should have been counted yesterday?
15: Not several I won't agree with.
7: Okay. Okay. Um, I don't have any
5: further questions, Your Honor. All right, thank you. Anything else? And I, I, Unless somebody else jumps in, I'm going to go back to Mr. Lasota at this point. Mr. Lasota, any further questions for Ms. Grande? No, I don't have anything, Your Honor. Thank you, Ms. Grande. Andy, thank you for testifying. Mr. Lasota, call your next witness. Uh, we don't have any other witnesses, Your Honor. All right. Uh, who wants to go first on the other side? Mr. Uh, LaRue?
12: Uh, Yes, Your Honor. Um, Maricopa County will call Scott Jarrett.
5: All right. We're going to find Scott Jarrett, uh, get him up on video Zoom. Your Honor, he's He's, in the room room with
12: us. He's in
14: the room. He's coming right now. Okay. All right. And uh,
5: with you getting up, Mr. LaRue, I assume Ms. Krieger is going to be doing the questioning. That's correct, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. So, Miss Craig, you're calling Scott Jarrett. Mr. Jarrett, please raise your right hand. The clerk's going to swear you in.
15: Do you solemnly swear or affirm that the testimony which you shall give in the cause now pending shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth under penalty of perjury? So help you, God?
5: I do. All right. You can be seated. Uh, go ahead. Um, all right. Thank
14: you, Your Honor.
16: Please state your name.
14: I'm Robert Scott Jarrett.
16: And where do you currently work?
14: I work for the Maricopa County Elections Department.
16: And what is your current position?
14: I am the co-elections director, and I oversee all in-person voting operations. That includes early in-person voting, which report up to the Maricopa County Recorder, as well as Election Day in-person voting operations, which report up to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, as well as I uh, oversee all tabulation functions.
16: Um, and how long have you held know this
14: position? So I was appointed by the Board of Supervisors in June of 2019.
16: Just briefly describe what your job duties are in this position.
14: So I oversee all in-person voting operations. So that includes the recruitment and training of all of our poll workers, also the recruitment of all of our temporary workers that work at McTech. I also oversee all of our warehouse functions. I oversee the tabulation function as well. Which would include the hiring of the temporary staff, the work tabulation, as well as the training that occurs for our temporary staff, which would include our duplication and our adjudication boards.
16: Um, and what did you do before you were the director
14: of ele- or the co-director of elections? So I um, was with Maricopa County in their internal audit department for over 13 years as a professional auditor. I also spent some time at the Maricopa County Community College Districts as an internal auditor. Thank you.
16: So I just want to briefly have you go over um, election day voting in Maricopa County. Um, so as an initial matter, what are, what are vote centers? So a vote center um, in Maricopa County has used these since the
4: 2020 cycle is the, um, what, it's different than the precinct-based voting
14: model is where it allows a voter to vote at any one of our voting locations. So in 2022, Maricopa County offered 223 vote centers for the general election. That was an increase of uh, over 13, or 13 vote centers, from the 2022 office primary, as well as um, was an increase from the 2020 general election. We saw at 175 vote centers. Thanks.
16: So, if you could just walk me through when a person comes to a vote center. the the process for
14: them to cast their ballot? Yeah, so first, um, they will arrive at a voting location. We have what we call a site book, but that's in state statutes that's referenced as the poll book. It's essentially our check-in station. So that's going to allow the voter to proceed and check in themselves up until a certain point, confirming their name, their address, that type of information. Um, And then um, once they get to a certain point, then you will
5: ask that voter that they need to. Identity, so then it will um, stop, will not let them proceed any further. One of our poll workers will then go and check that voter's identity. Ms. Ms. Kreger, can we move the microphone a little closer to uh, the witness, uh, uh, wherever your microphone is? There's some breakup. We'd like to get every word. A court reporter is struggling to get every word. Just
14: speak louder. We can't get it any closer. Your Honor, I'll try to speak louder. Can can you hear me better? If I'm yeah, face in this
5: direction, that, that does sound better. So please do that.
16: So I, I believe uh, that you were talking about the check-in process?
14: Yes, yeah, so the check-in process. So after a voter then um, would show identity, then it will let them proceed through the check-in process and have their ballot printed. So in Maricopa County, we have over um, 12,000 different ballot styles. And so we use ballot-on-demand technology to be able to produce those ballot styles and get that voter their correct ballot. So then that ballot would then be printed at one of our ballot-on-demand printers along with the control slip that identifies that voter to the ballot style. Then that voter would be issued that ballot style. They would then go to a voting booth um, to be able to complete that ballot. And then they could then, on election day, they can then put that into one of our on-site precinct-based tabulators.
16: So um, when a voter puts their ballot into a precinct-based tabulator at a vote center in Maricopa County, um, explain sort of the the, uh, scenarios that might occur when that
14: happens. So when they go to insert their ballot into a tabulator, um, it could be read by that tabulator. Now, there could be instances where a voter may overvote a contest. Right. So an overvote would be if we have a contest that is a vote for one um, and the voter fills in two ovals. So then it would alert that voter that that contest has been overvoted, the specific contest. And if there's multiple, it will list all those contests, alerting them that they had overvoted the contest. If they had left the, a ballot completely blank, so no voted contests on, on the ballot blank, but also alert the voter that that's a completely blank contest and allow them to then return that ballot to themselves. And then at that point in time, the voter has a decision to make. Are they going to cast that ballot as a completely blank ballot, or are they going to refill in those ovals, spoil that ballot, get a new ballot issue? Another scenario would be if there's an ambiguous mark on the ballot. So an ambiguous mark is when the mark is not completed more than 35%. Um, so sometimes that would be a check mark or an X um, with a very thin writing utensil. So then the precinct-based tabulator would alert the voter that there are ambiguous marks on the ballot. It does not alert the voter to which contents, because it does that. There's no opportunity for the voter to be able to resolve that. So then the only options for that voter at that point in time are to either put that those ballots with those ambiguous marks into door number three, our secure ballot drop box in Maricopa County. Um, or to um, spoil that ballot, get a new ballot reissued, so then it can complete it without the use of check marks. So they're filling in that oval, so it can be inserted into the tabulator.
16: So in those situations on election day, when a voter is um, placing their ballot into the tabulator and they're alerted to one of these issues with their ballot, the voter, what's the option for the voter? what decision do they have to make at that point?
14: So the tabulator is alerting the voter to if there's one of those issues occurring. So then the voter has the option to return that ballot to them and to inspect it. And then it is their choice to decide how to proceed. So it's whether they want to reinsert it into the tabulator and have the tabulator accept it as is for those overvoted or, or completely blank contests, or for the ambiguous marks, the drop in the door number three. It's completely the voter's choice at that point in time.
16: So, when the voter makes that decision, um, are they, you know, showing I guess what their intent is with respect to that ballot—to vote the ballot as is or to make a change?
14: Yes, that's correct. That's the voter has made their decision on what the the intent is for those specific situations. Mm
16: And just quickly, why is it that voters have or the recommendation from Maricopa County is for voters to use blue or black
14: pens. So, the reason we make that specific recommendation is we don't want voters to use red ink or yellow highlighters because on red, our or our tabulators are specifically programmed not to read red ink. And the reason we do that is in our in all of our processes, that's what we hire our temporary workers to use. So then they could not inadvertently make a mark on a ballot that then could end up causing a stray mark that would then be read by the tabulator. So we use red ink throughout the entire process. So we alert voters to use either black or blue ink. And either of those, those colors of inks are fine and can read just fine on our tabulation equipment. Thank you.
16: So I want to talk about um, electronic adjudication boards. Um, can you explain the, the role of an electronic adjudication board at
14: Maricopa County? So the role of the electronic adjudication board is actually established in the state, um, state law, so Title 16, as well as the elections procedures manual. So they must be a bipartisan team or a board made up or comprised of two judges. They have to be a from the two largest parties, that's Republican and Democrat. And then there's also an inspector that is part of the board. Now, the state law does not require them to be of any particular party. Maricopa County, we only hire an inspector that is registered as an independent or a libertarian to keep that fairness of the bipartisan team. So their role is to review ballots that need to go that a tabulator cannot determine the intent. So a lot of times those are um, those overvotes. So every single overvote that's registered on a ballot that comes through central count. So those early ballots will go to an adjudication board. Again, a clean, completely blank ballot would also go to an adjudication board. Um, but one of the more common, and, and especially for the 2022 election, that um, went to an adjudication board was writings. So none of our tabulation equipment can read handwriting. So if there is a vote for a write-in, and then there's a write-in contest in a contest that has a qualified write-in, that would go to an electronic adjudication board to review, determine, was that a vote for a qualified write-in or a non-qualified write-in?
16: And how many members are there on an adjudication
14: board? So there's a total of three. There's two judges and the the inspector.
16: Okay. Um, And... What's the criteria for the makeup of an adjudication
14: board? So it has to be a Republican and Democrat um, of both different parties. Um, For this past election, we had 22 um, adjudication boards working at a single point in time. But we did run two shifts, so we had hired just over 90 adjudication boards. We would transition those same adjudication boards to another a process that we call duplication. And they perform both of those functions within our central camp facility. And all of this, we call that our ballot tabulation center or the BTC. All of that is under uh, observation from, well, under 24 seven live streaming cameras, as well as every time that we're performing any adjudication action, duplication action or tabulation, the political party observers were present and serving as well.
16: And do the members
14: of the adjudication board receive training? Yes, we provide them training um, on test ballots um, and test decks. So we have a famous names ballot so that will be two different sides. And we go through all the different scenarios that a adjudication board may receive. And a lot of those are come through the Secretary of State's um, voter intent guidelines, it comes through our training, and then prior scenarios that we've encountered. Um, where boards have questions um, about how the adjudication process process happens, so that's a full day of training that we provide to them before they begin the electronic adjudication process. I will do want to point out too, as they go through and perform the electronic adjudication process, they are creating a handwritten log of every action that they are taking, um, and that at the end of every shift, we pr- we print out a system generated log of every action that they took at the end of that shift so before their lunch shift um before their afternoon shift they're reviewing those those logs comparing those logs and making sure making sure that they match before we would then transmit or process any of those um, ballots to be moved into the results tallying and reporting system so um and i apologize your
16: honor i what I'd like to to talk about some exhibits. Um, It was marked as Defendant's Exhibit 8, which is the um, Electronic Adjudication Board procedure, but I'm not sure. Do we know which number that is now?
5: Is it Defendant Mays or Defendant Hobbs exhibit? That's only one Defendant exhibit. Um,
16: Okay, I believe it's Exhibit 16 now. Oh, Are Exhibit eight is the adjudication quick reference guide, and exhibit nine is the division Board procedures. Uh, it's it's so so okay, let's uh, let's start with uh, electra, the electronic adjudication board procedures, okay, which is exhibit sixteen. It's exhibit sixteen. My apologies, sir. you want me to share? Right.
5: You share that with everybody, or can we share it with everybody? Sure. Is that uh... go ahead? Um,
16: Ms. Hartman tell us is uh, it's is gonna share her screen for this. Are these
5: sealed? Say it again. Are sealed? These are not sealed, no.
14: Thank you. Right.
5: Scott,
16: do you recognize this document?
14: Yes, I do. It's our uh, procedures that we've developed in-house here in Maricopa County. Um, to guide uh, electronic adjudication boards through the process and the role that they play in performing
12: electronic adjudication. Okay.
16: Um, and well, actually Your Honor, I'd like to move this into evidence,
5: please. Any objection, Mr. Lesota? No, Your Honor. Order admitting Exhibit 16 into evidence.
16: Thank you. And I'd like to move on then to exhibit 17. 15. What's the title? I'm sorry, Adjudication Quick Reference Guide. It's yes, 15. Okay, exhibit 15.
5: <laughs> All right, we have that on the screen now. Thank you. Scott, do you recognize this document?
14: Yes, I do. This is a document that was produced through the, uh, well, by Maricopa County to align with. Um, the Secretary of State's uh, voter intent guidelines. So, and it provides lots of different scenarios of what an adjudication board might see as they're making voter intent determinations.
16: And I'd like to go over this one in a little bit more detail. So, Scott, if you could just explain sort of these scenarios that are here. So, the first one is the vote for one or vote for two scenario. What is this telling the workers? So, the vote for
14: one is so, it's set here where describing situations where they're not going to take an action. So that's why there's that little circle with the cross through it. So it's learning to the voter or the electronic adjudication board. Um, they leave these as they are within the system. So there's no need for them to take an action. So here you see for that vote for one for, and the recorder there's a oval completed for Deborah A. Johnson. So that would then mean that that is being registered. So we have a green highlight there. So when the electronic adjudication boards are performing their role, the system provides an overlay to inform the board of how the system's interpreting the mark, right? So here there's a green mark. It's overlaying on that oval saying this is being counted as a vote. It's a vote for one. So there's no action the electronic adjudication board needs to take. Same for the vote for two. Here's a a contest that has Two, uh, well, more than two candidates on the ballot, but there's the voter can make two choices or two selections. So there's two ovals filled in again, so there's no need for the adjudication board to make an action. Okay,
16: and then let's move over to the overvote scenario. What is that? uh
6: explaining to the education board so here your Honor, and- I, i'm going to object on relevance grounds i think we're getting uh, far afield and I, I think it's your job to decide decipher voter intent ultimately i think the training that was received is i think we'd all agree there's significant training that goes on but i, I think the question is did they get it right and i don't think this is relevant to that
16: so,
5: uh, your Honor,
16: may I respond?
5: sure miss carrie go ahead
16: well, the, the, uh, my understanding of the position is that um, had these votes been adjudicated, they would have been determined differently. And I think the training that is received and the way that uh, adjudication boards are trained across the state so that there's consistency is relevant to the analysis of how these uh, ballots would have been adjudicated with an adjudication board.
5: Yeah, and I understand that. Mr. Lasota, do you object to the admission of these exhibits as they relate to what I have to refer to?
6: Your Honor, I don't, I don't object to a, a small number of exhibits just for background purposes, but I think it's it's up to you to decide voter intent on the ballots we've offered. And, and whatever one's training was, uh, I think if you believe they, they got it wrong, the fact that they were well-trained is not relevant.
7: Your, your Honor, briefly, Mr. Lasota is accusing these, voter, these election workers of misconduct, okay?
6: This is certainly relevant to whether they engaged in misconduct. We're accusing, Your Honor, we're accusing them of simply not counting the ballot the right way. That's, that. I mean, if you want to call that an accusation, go ahead.
7: Well, I guess then you, you should be dismissing your misconduct claim, shouldn't you?
5: Mr. Barr, arguing doesn't help anything. Uh, Just try and speed it along, Your Honor. I'm sorry.
13: right. Uh,
5: The objection is whether or not we're going to spend the next uh, however long going through this document in detail. I guess, Ms. Carger, I would ask you to speed it along. I do get that there's been training. And if you could just talk about that, uh, what your election officials go through without – Uh, we don't have to go into detail about what this quick reference guide means in my opinion. So I guess I'm partially sustaining the objection and partially overruling it. I do, I think you have a right to present evidence that your people that did this, uh, do get training. And I think that, uh, is being, uh, done through the admission of these documents and any, uh, stuff, any, anything else you want to tell me about what process the trainers go through. Uh, but some of the details are are, are not as crucial. So go ahead.
16: Um, Well, thank you, Your Honor. Um, I do want to go over, I mean, although we have not heard from the plaintiff as to what their position is on any specific ballot or what the basis for their belief that it should have been tabulated differently, um, you know, I'm trying to address, you know, their uh, perhaps misinformation based on the fact that they haven't been trained on how to do adjudication. So I have, I'm guessing right now on what their basis is.
5: Well, you only have six ballots to look at, and they're, they're, they're pretty easy to guess on from my perspective of what their argument is on those six ballots. Uh, so let's move along. Uh, as, as you know, again, we're, we're going to be way ahead of what I thought, but I just don't think we need to to get uh, firmly entrenched in going over every training session that everybody went through. Uh, but you've seen those six ballots uh, and you can, there's check marks on three of them and an X on one of them and uh, whether or not they're trained to uh, record those is, a, is an issue, I guess. So ahead. Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. Go
15: ahead. So, okay.
5: Uh, so when there is an ambiguous
16: mark, a ballot, what is the training, and how how do boards look at that
14: question? So they look to determine, and can they together um, determine whether they can determine a voter's intent? So sometimes it may be clear um, because it may, and they're consistently filling in every single oval or on the ballot the same way. Um, so if that's the case, then those boards can then make that, that voter. Attendance. Other times, they're inconsistently. Maybe marking a ballot. So then their training is if the ballot's being marked inconsistently throughout, then it's much more difficult than to truly make a, a determine the intent of the voter. So then, but it is that board's assignment. We provide them training. If those boards take an oath in office, they make the determinations of if they can determine voter intent. If there's a, a just uh, they don't agree between the two judges. And that's when the the inspector um, comes in, and then sometimes they will break the tie. Usually, that's very, very, very rare when those types of things have to occur. Uh, Your Honor, I'd like to move Exhibit 15
16: into evidence,
5: please. Any objection to 15, Mr. Lusoda? No objection, Your Honor. It is ordered that it is previously 15. stated. Yeah, it, it is ordered admitting Exhibit 15. Next, Uh, Ms. Cogger, go ahead.
16: Uh, Thank you, Your Honor. Um, I believe there was one additional exhibit added by the Secretary of State's office, which was the um, Secretary of State's voter and tech guide. I'll get you an exhibit number in a moment. Let me see what that is. It's C1. That's Exhibit C-1. All right, go ahead. Uh, Scott, do you recognize this document? Yes, I do. And what is it?
14: So this is guidelines that the Secretary of State issued to all counties um, if they were going to be implementing electronic adjudication. So when the Secretary of State was first initially drafting this document, they sent drafts to all the counties for input. Um, because we have lots of expertise in performing uh, adjudication, whether that was electronically or when we were duplicating a ballot. Maricopa County was one of the first counties to adopt electronic adjudication. So we had some, um, we played a role, and my team played a role in providing feedback to the Secretary of State on on ways that they could improve the document that would serve voters and our electronic adjudication board as well. Uh,
16: And, Is Maricopa County's um, training and processes with respect to adjudication consistent with with what's contained in this guide?
14: Yes, they are. Our our guidance that we issue, as well as the training, we follow this to have consistency throughout the entire state. Okay. Thank
16: you. Your Honor, I'd like to move Exhibit C1 into evidence, please.
5: Any objection to C1? Uh, No, Your Honor. All right. It is ordered admitting Exhibit C1 into evidence.
16: Thank you, Your Honor. So, uh, Scott, are you aware that a ballot inspection
14: took place
16: uh, at here at MCTAC yesterday?
14: Yes, and that's the Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center, our acronym MCTAC. Yes.
16: Um, and were you present for that inspection? I
14: was present partially. I was in court providing testimony in another case for the morning, but in the afternoon, in the evening, I was here um, observing that inspection.
16: And are you aware that uh, some of the parties involved in that inspection uh, flagged certain ballots?
14: Yes, I am aware of that.
16: Um, and have you looked at all of those ballots?
14: Yes. Yesterday evening after the parties left, and we actually made it clear that I would be going through and reviewing each of the fourteen ballots that they had wanted to be submitted as exhibits,
16: um, and there are, I believe, six—is it that have been or seven flagged by uh, Miss by Mister Hamaday. Is that your understanding?
14: My understanding was six. Maybe six? you're right. Sorry about that. Six ballots that were flagged by. Um, Uh, the plaintiffs, and then the defendants had flagged eight ballots.
16: And did you review those six that have been flagged by uh, the plaintiff in this case?
14: Yes, I have.
16: And what was your analysis with respect to those ballots?
14: So based off the procedures that Maricopa County um, has identified, um, that those should not have been sent to an adjudication board to be adjudicated only to be sent to an adjudication board to be reviewed for writings. Because they are election day ballots. Well, sorry, not all of those. I believe four of the six, that was the, the, the situation. There was two um, that ballots that went to a adjudication board to be reviewed because those were door ballots that were inserted into that door number three our secure ballot box brought back to the Elections Department. Because those ballots were inserted into that door number three, that voter did not have the opportunity to review that ballot, getting and notified by the precinct-based tabulator that um, there may be a voter intent issue. So in those two instances, those ballots were then sent to an electronic adjudication board to be reviewed for voter intent.
16: And so, with respect to those six ballots, um, did you believe that they were tabulated
14: correctly? Based off the process that when we don't send a ballot that is from election day and a voter had an opportunity to tell us their intent and not sending those to an application board, yes.
16: Um, And, well, I think that um can we take a just a brief break your honor quickly
5: yeah, how long ms uh, I don't think so I discover. um
16: I think your honor that Miss uh, Ms. Dewell has some questions for uh Mr. Jarrett as well.
5: So are you done asking questions? I don't wanna uh, I mean I don't mind Miss Duel taking over asking
9: questions but I just
16: want to I'm, I'm finished Your Honor. Thank you. All right
5: Ms Duell go
9: ahead. Uh, your Honor, this is Mr. Gaona actually speaking. I, I just wanted to clarify um, one thing for that Mr. Jarrett was talking about there, and I'm not sure that this was clear from the record, which is, uh, Mr. Jarrett, you reviewed all, I believe you said it was 14 ballots that were flagged by um, either side in this case for further review and that are now in evidence before the court. Is that correct? That's correct. And based on your review of those 14 of of those 14 ballots, what is your position about the swing one way or another in terms of how those ballots um, should or should not have been adjudicated? And and I'm asking that question in the sense of how the count would actually change based on those 14 ballots now that you've looked at them again. So
14: based off the the total of the 14 ballots, um, based on the procedures that Maricopa County has set forth, um that's as i understand your question i determined that there were three errors on those ballots that should have been adjudicated differently and those three errors all were in favor of um the candidate base or should have would have added three more votes to the candidate base
9: okay thank you no further questions for this witness your honor
14: all right so that that
5: was miss Dool's question All 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 right so uh uh, Mr. Lasota, any uh, cross of the witness?
6: Um, yes, Your Honor. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. So, uh, Mr. Jarrett, let's start with the three errors. What, which, uh, and I don't think we have exhibit numbers for the, um, for the ones offered by the other parties. But let's start with the last six digits. Which, which ones do you think were erroneous? And can you go through one by one what the original count was? And what you think the count should
11: have been.
14: Yes, I can. So um the first was a seven zero zero nine zero six underscore zero three. So seven zero 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 nine underscore zero six zero zero three. And this was a, can I, am I able to look at that ballot? It's Exhibit 13, you
5: can't put it on the screen, but, uh. Exhibit 13. Exhibit
13: 13.
14: Yeah, I think it, I believe it's Exhibit thirteen. If that's seven zero 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 nine underscore six underscore zero three,
5: it is Exhibit thirteen on our case lines. It, it, it has been admitted.
14: So, in this document, you can see that there is a consistent coding pattern um, for ovals. Here, there are check marks or dashes. That are being filled in. So, and in this instance, this was on. Uh, if you scroll, Your Honor, through the document to the next pages, you can see how this was read by Zoom um, in. Every ballot is affixed with an audit mark. It says how it was read by the tabulator. And then there's a new audit mark that's affixed that as it was adjudicated by the electronic adjudication board. And in this situation, the ballot was not adjudicated to award a vote for the candidate base. So this is an election day ballot that was actually inserted into that door number three. That did not. That went before adjudication board. Those adjudication boards were supposed to be making an, a, a voter intent um, determination. they made an awarded contest on this ballot for some of the candidates that have those check marks. In this instance, they left it as a undervoted contest, not a voted contest. So
6: they did not. Or attorney general. Mark. Yeah, I've got the. For the attorney general race, is that?
13: That's correct. For the attorney general's contest.
6: Okay. So that went from an undervote to a vote for Mays in your mind.
14: If I was a member of that three-party adjudication board, that's what I would. Well, have. That,
6: that's not, see, it, it, I'm talking about voter intent. Because that's what the statute says, right? That's what case law says, is we, we try to glean the voter intent. So my question is, what? so you think the voter intent there was in favor of that, that the voter cast a vote for maize, correct? Biden.
14: Yes, um, okay. counsel. Um, as I go through and look at all the different ovals, to me, that's matching. The mark in that is similar enough to all the other ovals that would be a vote for
6: for me. Okay, thank you. Uh, And if you could just go through the next two. And my question is, goes to voter intent, it doesn't go to any of these adjudication boards. So just tell me what, how it was counted originally and how you think it should be counted.
14: I understand. Okay, so then the next two ballots, so the number is 3011. Underscore 116, underscore 149. That's Exhibit 4. Exhibit 4. Yes, that's correct. So in this situation, this is an early ballot. So all early ballots go to an electronic adjudication board. So when I look at the Attorney General's contest, there is currently, this is showing as an overvote um, in this contest, right? There's a oval, so filled in for for Mays, and then there's an oval filled in on the right in line, and also then the candidate's name, Mays, um, that first initial uh, K, is completed. So as... Guidance issued by the Arizona Secretary Secretary of State, their voter uh, intent guidelines. In these situations, we train our electronic adjudication boards to remove the overvote. So, to remove that mark that is causing this to be an overvote. And in this the situation, the adjudication boards actually adjudicated this to be a vote for a writing candidate, non-qualified. And then that resulted in this being an overvote, not a vote for maze.
6: Okay. Thank you. Uh, if you could go to the next one, that'd be good. So it's
14: 03001 underscore 183 underscore 37. That's exhibit five. Correct. So in this situation, this is so, somewhat similar to the last one, but they so there's a two ovals that we're looking at. The first oval is a vote for Chris Mays. The second oval is what is a partial oval being complete. So here this looks as if there was a pen rest. So someone rested their pen on that oval, then went in and filled in that growth vote for chris mays this would then in my opinion we would need to remove the overvote so this could be then a vote for chris james and the adjudication board actually left it as an overvote contest
6: okay well let's move to the let's move to the ones that um and and you have all these ballots correct
14: yes we'll pull them up if you can give us the Yeah, the exhibit
6: number. Yes. Okay. So let's start with let's go ahead and start with exhibit number six, which is the one ending in eight four.
14: Exhibits. OK, yes, I'm, I see this.
6: And this was this was uh, our, this was counted as an undervote, correct? That's correct. And it's your position that that was it, that the voter that you cannot glean the voter intent from this ballot on so, the attorney general's race.
14: So my position is this was one of the ballots that was um, read in or. The voter had the opportunity to tell us their voter intent at the voting location. So here, this is a completely blank ballot. So every contest on this ballot, there's no marking going into any one of those ovals. So this would have alerted the voter that this is a completely blank ballot. And Since we don't send these ballots to election day ballots to adjudication because the voters have informed us of their intent, We, I would not then be able to overrule the voters.
6: Okay, so it's your position that the voter intended to cast a completely blank ballot in this case?
14: It's my position that because it's an election day ballot, that the voter had the opportunity to tell us their intent and they accepted
6: well, But maybe they said, I just cast my ballot. What do I have to tell you my intent for? Isn't that a possibility?
14: So we have the, the tabulator alerts them to every contest that's undervoted. We also have signage, which was passed in the last legislative session, that we have to put that on all of our precinct-based tabulators or near our precinct-based tabulators, describing these situations and what alerting the voter to that it's their determination of what an overvoted or undervoted contest.
6: But the door, if if the ballot goes to door three, which um the county
13: Now.
1: Order now
13: Fighterflare.com.
6: Confidently told everyone that if the, the the scanner, if your your ballot can't be tabulated, just put it in door three. Correct.
14: That's correct. But this ballot didn't go to door three.
6: Okay, but if it had it, there would have been no opportunity to make uh, these to submit another ballot. Correct.
14: If it went to door three, that's correct. We sent those door three ballots to adjudication, to a okay. bipartisan adjudication board.
6: All right, and it's your testimony that looking at this ballot, that you do not think the voter intended to vote for Mr. Homiday.
14: I think that's a slight mischaracterization of what I said. It's that okay. the voter had the opportunity to, to make a correction on this ballot if they had wanted to.
6: But how do you how do you know what was told to the voter?
14: Were you there? I know that the, the tabulator would have informed the voter that they're programmed to do that based off of if it was an, a completely blank ballot which this is, and that the signage on those ballot boxes also informed the voter.
6: Okay, But you don't know you can't you have no direct knowledge that the voter was told any of that verbally, correct. That's correct. And you, you don't know if the voter happened to see this sign, correct?
14: I don't know that they saw the sign. I know that the, the tabulator would have read and provided that information to the voter.
6: But for all you know, the poll worker
5: said, oh, just uh, don't worry about it. They'll figure it out.
16: Objection, your honor. This calls for speculation.
5: Oh, that's overruled. He can answer the question if he knows or if he doesn't know.
14: I don't I
5: don't have any
6: knowledge to that but so that's that's possible correct
14: It's possible.
6: okay. All right well let's move on to exhibit seven um, and so here we have a um, do you have exhibit seven it ends in four one zero Yes. Okay, and this this was this ballot is was officially counted as an undervote in the attorney general's race, correct? That's correct. okay, and it's your testimony today that that you, you, that your analysis of voter intent is that you cannot tell who this voter intended to vote for in the attorney general's race. That would not
14: be my testimony
6: for this ballot, okay. Well, tell us why you don't think it should be counted as a vote for Mr. Amade.
14: So in this specific situation, this ballot came back to the elections department in the, the black canvas bags. When we did our audit reconciliation of those bags, we found a variance between the number of check-ins and the number of ballots that were tabulated at that voting location. When we did that, we opened up the Black Canvas bags, we performed our audit reconciliation. And if we identified that there was a difference between the number of ballots um, that were read in on election night from the memory cards and the number of ballots that were in the Black Canvas bags, then we used our central count tabulator to run those ballots from the Black Canvas bags and accept those into results. Since those were coming from the voting location, we did not send any of those to our electronic adjudication boards to review in that specific situation. So my testimony was will be that this ballot did not go to an electronic adjudication board to be reviewed. Um, it was only to be reviewed for, for a write-in contest.
6: Okay. Well, I think my question is, it, who who do you think this voter intended to vote for, for Attorney General, if anyone?
14: Yeah. So based on that question, I can make a determination. It would be for, um, there's a, a
6: clear and consistent pattern for um, Hamaday. Okay. So you think that this was improperly counted as an undervote, correct?
5: Objection. That's a good question.
14: Uh, overall. Yeah, I would not state that.
6: Okay. Well, what, what would you state?
14: I would state that this went to an electronic adjudication board just to be reviewed for write voter intent, or for a writing candidate.
6: Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to move the, the questions along. I, I don't care about the adjudication boards for now. I mean, I know they're important. But I'm asking about voter intent. So is it, is it your test? And okay, so just to review, this was counted as an undervote, correct? That's correct. All right. Is it, but I think you just testified that this voter, um, you know, if you had to look at it, you'd say they intended to vote for Mr. Homiday, correct? Yes, that's correct. So how is that not a, whatever we want to call it, how is that not a, a miscount? And I'm, I'm not saying anyone even did anything intentionally wrong, but how is, how could you say that this is a properly counted ballot?
14: Based on the procedures that we set forth, that's why I'm saying that the adjudication board made the correct action. But I, I can see that I, I can see the butter intent there. For Mr. Homiday. Yes.
6: Okay. Okay, let's um, let's go on to O uh, five. Excuse me, Exhibit eight, which is ends in O five four, and let's kind of just go through the same exercise. and And would you agree? This one looks like a a lot like the one that we reviewed that you said should have been counted as a vote for Ms. Mays. Correct.
14: I. I- I agree that I can when I look at that oval and the consistency of that oval, how other ovals are filled in by this voter that that looks like an intent for hominage
6: okay, but this was in fact counted as a uh, as an undervote correct that's correct okay and in terms of exhibit uh, sorry my I've got my exhibits written out on the on my phone and keeps going blank so I'm sorry for the gap um the next one is exhibit nine zero 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 seven one one um are you there yes uh, and this looks like the last one uh this was counted as an undervote correct that's correct but would you agree that it it evinces a, a an obvious intent to cast a, a vote for mr Hamiday?
14: based off on- the consistent marking pattern for those levels, yes. That okay. I can determine intent. Okay. Five. And, and voter the intent, intent in- that's a vote for hominid.
6: Okay. Based on voter intent. Okay. Um all right, so we got the we got the two one forty twos, so let's go to um let's go uh, to exhibit. Uh, um Let's go to exhibit number eleven, if you will, and that's the one. It's it starts out zero seven zero zero nine. just you when you're there.
16: There are several that. There's more than one that start with that.
6: The zero
7: seven zero zero nine is exhibit fourteen, Mr.
6: that.: Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm looking at zero seven zero zero eight. And also that ends in 142. And there's a bunch one, of zeros uh, in between. That's exhibit 11. Exhibit 11, correct. And just, Mr. Jared, just tell me when you're there.
14: Um, I see that ballot.
6: Okay. So <laughs> this voter... It looks like in some cases they, uh, they like to mark the Republican, and, and in other cases they like to mark the Oval. Is that correct?
14: That's what this, this voter is doing, yes.
6: Okay. So in terms of marking Republican for the candidate, I would you say it, maybe it's not as distinct as the pattern where they do everything else for the candidate? Like they do a check mark instead of filling it in. But would you say there is a pattern of of sometimes they just like to scribble over the Republican?
13: There
14: there is a pattern of scribbling over the Republican.
6: Okay. Yes. So what is your, if you had to glean voter intent on this, what what would your position be?
14: So this is an inconsistent marking pattern, right? Sometimes they're filling in the oval or attempting to fill in the oval, and sometimes they're – so I cannot make a confident determination that I know voters' intent.
6: Okay. But you can see on uh, – so they, he, he marks the Republican for Kevin Thompson, Kimberly Yee, Abe Hamaday, And David Livingston, is that correct? See,
14: would you repeat those
6: the names again? Uh, Yeah, Kevin Kevin Thompson down at the Corpcom race looks like the maybe he was running out of a little energy here. Actually, if you go all the way down to to Rachel Mitchell, he seems to scribble there. so we got Rachel Mitchell, Kevin Thompson, uh Kimberly Gee, Abe Hamiday, and uh and David Livingston, where we've got uh nothing in the in any oval, but we've got Republicans scribbled out with pen. Yes, I see that. Yes. Okay. Um all right, well let's go on to um let's go on to one the last one four two, which Right process of elimination. Hopefully, everybody can get there. Is uh, Exhibit fourteen? And I can assume your testimony would be the same that this is a the voter intent cannot be gleaned here.
14: That's correct. Okay, it's like inconsistent voting pattern.
6: Right, but there is a mark next to Mr. Hamaday's name, correct
14: yeah, every other oval completed
6: well that that's not my you could you yeah. could answer that, but okay. Okay. and i I would it is true that yeah well, I haven't looked at the whole thing, but um most of the time this person does do the oval um so okay, uh, that's it for our exhibits. I'd like to ask um. Likes to ask some questions on the uh, so the provisional ballot list. Would would you just kind of briefly explain that?
16: Objection, your honor. That's outside the scope of direct.
14: You can answer. Can you? I'm not well, familiar with what exactly you're mm-hmm. describing.
6: Whether yeah I- that's you're right that was a that was a poor question um so in terms of so you got the uh, you got provisional ballots and 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 basically they are they are ballots that after as of election day they may or may not be counted correct that's correct okay and for example on some of them the 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 parties work to uh, you know, get the voter, maybe if there's a voter id issue, they get the voter to uh call the county and 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 get that straightened out so their ballot counts, correct?
14: That would be a conditional provisional
6: yes, okay um now, in terms of the but and then others, can you tell us another reason why a provisional ba- a ballot that's initially provisional would count so in some instances, we may after
14: and this is under the purview of the the Maricopa County Recorder's office. Um, So they do the research on the provisional ballots. In some determinations, every single provisional ballot will come back to the Maricopa County Elections Department. Those get transferred to the Maricopa County Recorder. They do various types of research to make sure whether it should stay in a provisional status and be um, counted, accepted, or um, rejected because and so some of the reasons why they would be accepted um, would be because maybe their, when they did their analysis and they looked at the actual paperwork maybe it was a hard copy um, registration form that had a, that we received before election day but was entered in um, incorrectly, like the date was they do that research they identify oh, this was a voter that actually was registered to vote Okay. um by the timeline uh, so that'd be one reason um, other reasons why uh, we would accept is if we made determinations that a voter voted at one location and went to a second location and we could gather enough information to determine that they didn't vote and actually have their ballot tabulated at that first location then we could count that provisional ballot as well
6: okay um Now, uh, and whether it's conditional, provisional, provisional, that's information that is promptly given to the the parties and other other third parties that ask for it. Correct.
14: So, Mr. Lison, I don't know specifically if that information is given. similar to like the early ballot information, if they have a questionable signature. That would that question would need to go to the American County Courts Office.
6: Well, okay, well you saw the article. well, did you see the article about um, about how Ms. Mays had a um, had a lot of success in rehabilitating uh, the conditional provisional ballots? It was in the Arizona Republic.
14: I did not see that article.
6: Okay. well, can you think of any reason why this these lists of provisional ballots would not have been turned over to Mr. Hamaday pursuant to a public records request?
16: Objection! Your Honor, Objection, yeah. He already testified that this is out, outside the scope of his job duties, and this is under the recorder. And I can we can explain that that this is outside the scope of direct, but we could explain the the division of elect of the the departments between the recorder and the Board of Supervisors, and what is under Mister. Jarrett's responsibility. If that would assist the court.
5: Well, you could have just answer the question saying that it's not part of his responsibility and we could have moved to the next question and maybe we'll get the recorder later but it is over overruling the objection we you have a right to explain to me what the division is and i hope to hear that but uh, this is a question he was asking mr Jarrett,
6: and and i can rephrase your honor um just and i know you overruled the objection but but maybe uh, do you are you competent to uh, that is do you have knowledge to to testify as to this question.
14: I do not know. Um, well, can you repeat sure. the first question?
6: Yes. Well, I, and I'll just let me start here. I mean, obviously, Mr. Richer has his responsibilities, and you have yours. But I think it's probably fair to say you have significant knowledge of Mr. Richard's responsibilities, even though they are his responsibilities. Is that a fair statement?
14: In some areas, that's correct. Yes.
6: Okay. Um, so can you think of a reason why the these lists of provisional ballots would not have been turned over to Mr. Hamadeh? I have no
14: no knowledge. I don't know if Mr. Hamadeh made a request. I don't know if they were provided or not. I have no knowledge of
5: that. But they're clearly a public record, correct?
16: Objection, Your Honor.
5: No foundation. Lakes and foundation, whether he would know.
6: Okay. Well... You obviously know that that you know there are provisional in every race there are provisional ballots, conditional provisional ballots. I think we've I think we've established that, correct?
14: That's correct. Our every con our every election, yes. Okay. Now and and
6: you know, obviously voter voter um and, and lists are kept of who has voted and who has not voted and who uh, has voted conditional or provisionally, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and that list, uh, it, in your mind, would, would such lists be a public record?
16: Objection calls for a legal
6: conclusion. Your Honor, and I'll add, I mean, what is this line of questioning relevant to,
5: to
7: anything pled in the complaint?
5: The, the objections are overruled. Just, if he can't answer the question, we'll just move on to the next witness that will, but I just... Uh, let, let's just ask, let him answer ask, answer the questions if he can. So Just well, uh,
7: just for the record, Your Honor, I mean, how Maricopa County responds to a public records,
5: you know, request in no way implicates any issue raised in the complaint. Right, thank you, Mr. Barr. Uh, your objection is noted and it'll be part of the record. Uh, just answer the question if you can.
14: Can you repeat the question, Mr. Lasada?
5: So a, a list
6: of who's voted, who hasn't voted, who's voted provisionally kept by the county, that would be a public record, correct?
14: That would be our voted file. That voted file is not produced until after the canvas. Um, and we do have a complete list of that. And the people can make, so that information is provided to um, the different townships, uh, the political parties to their file but that information can also then be submitted through a data request. And then based on the number of um, voter files that are included in that, there's a charge related to that. Okay, but it would be- That's my knowledge. Okay. That's produced after the campus.
6: Okay. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Jarrett. Now in just so that the, in terms of the, Undervotes tip, like an undervote typically does not go to adjudication. Is that correct?
14: That's correct. Only in the case of a completely blank ballot.
6: Or if the, maybe some other, because we did see some that went to adjudication. So if there's maybe a stray mark, maybe it, it picks it up and flags it. That's a, that is that accurate?
14: That's correct. An ambiguous mark may go. And then if the board can't determine Intent, then they would adjudicate that as an undervote.
6: But if the tabulators can, I know it's a machine, but if the tabulators' conclusion is there is no mark for any candidate, then that doesn't go anywhere uh, further. It just gets counted as as no vote for either candidate in that race. Correct?
12: Yeah, unless
14: there's two situations where that might not happen. Um, One again would be a completely blank ballot, and then the second would be and when you were just describing it in your prior question, is if that ballot went to an adjudication board for another reason, right? And then if that was presented to the adjudication board for another reason, and then those boards were reviewing it and they saw a mark there, then they might, they could, and they, agree, again, agreed as a board, they could determine voter intent for that contest and they could adjudicate that to a vote.
6: Okay. Um, If I could have a moment, Your Honor, just to look at my notes. Go ahead. Uh, Mr. Jarrett, um, just in terms of the, um, if a if an undervote is reported um, by the machine, and the voter is given a chance to correct that, it, it, I mean, is the advice to the is the word to the voter that there is an undervote, or does it tell them what was undervoted?
14: Yeah. So the tabulator itself will list all the contests. If well, if it a Completely blank ballot. It will list all the contests. That it was, it was a blank ballot. And those were undervoted. If it's a single undervoted contest, yes, it will not alert the voter that there was so, a single undervoted
6: contest. Okay, so it'll just say undervoted. And for all all they know, it could have been in a judicial race. Correct.
14: No, it would be for a completely blank ballot. It would alert them. So, all right. So only does a voter get notified this is voters that are on election day when we had an on-site tabulator, it will alert them that they've undervoted that entire
6: ballot. Okay, so, um, it, yeah. But if it was, Go
14: ahead. a few ovals were completed, even one oval was completed on that ballot, um, and every other contest was not completed, it would not alert the voter that they, um, and that's common. Voters very
6: frequently only vote for one or two Contest on am about right. Okay. Um, I okay. I don't think I have anything else,
9: Your Honor. Thank you. All right. Thank you, uh, uh, Your Honor. I have some brief redirect for Mr. Jarrett. um If you want to do that now, and I think what I would suggest after that for the court is a break. Uh, so the those on this side of the V can determine whether we have any further witnesses to present or whether we can come back and do closings. If that would work for the court schedule.
5: That works for me. Uh, go ahead, Mr. Gale.
9: All right. Thank you. Um, Mr. Jarrett, uh, Mr. Lasota just went through um, all of the ballots that his inspector had identified um, as potentially being ballots that should have counted for Mr. Hamaday. Do you recall going through all those ballots with him? Yes, I do. And I'm I'm sorry, my video is not on. There we go. Um, and you also recall going through the some of the other ballots that you had testified earlier to that that you believe should have counted um, for uh, Ms. Mays. Is that correct? That's correct. And having looked at the ballots last night um, after they were flagged by the parties, and having looked at them. You know, again, today, I just want to get to summarize everything we just went through for the court. I just want to clarify that that your belief based on your experience and your training um, is remains that of the 14 ballots that were isolated by the parties, that your conclusion is still that the net from those 14 ballots is that three of them should have counted for Ms. Mays. Am I correct in that?
14: I'd add, based on my knowledge of the procedures that we established for Maricopa County, in which types of ballots would go to adjudication or not, yes. Based on those other items, I believe that there would have been a net gain of three votes for Mace.
9: Okay, thank you. No further questions, Your Honor.
14: All right, does anybody
9: else have any questions, Mr. Krieger? I'm oh, sorry.
5: Your Honor. I have no questions, Your Honor. All right, so I guess I, I kind of like to figure out where if we're just going to go to closings, that's going to take a little while to do. I would like to uh, maybe start that at one if if that's what we're going to do. That gives you some time to prepare. But if we're going to have another witness, I would like to do that, uh, this, uh, start that witness this morning. So we're going to take yeah. a 10 minute break, and uh, you're going to let me know by 1125 whether or not we're going to have another witness this morning and get as much done before we go to break, or we're going to come back at one for oral arguments. So if you guys can uh, let me know that uh, by 11, uh, let's give you at 11.30. Uh, but um, and you, Honor, i going say, yes,
6: my, my apologies. Can I ask Mr. Jarrett one more question just about how many ballots were
9: reviewed total yesterday? Your Honor, Mr. Lasota, has opportunity, recross is not allowed in Arizona.
5: Yeah, I would like to know that question. I've already heard it answered by Ms. Grande, uh, but it certainly, Mr. Jarrett, let me ask it as my own question. How many ballots did the Maricopa County review yesterday?
14: So, I don't have the specific numbers right in front of me. I know there was, I think, 2,300 um, that were undervoted ballots. There was just over 100 that are, sorry, undervoted ballots that were reviewed, um, and then and that was out of um, 50,000 that were being reviewed. And then there was just over 106 um, ballots that went
5: through adjudication that were reviewed. All right. That's consistent, maybe a little lower than what Ms. Grandy testified to, but that's consistent with the general uh, idea. So any yeah. hey, follow-up to that, Mr. Gayona?
9: No, Your Honor. Um, and I, I was just going to flag one logistical issue in terms of coming back. If we don't have any witnesses and we come back at 1130, um, I presume that 10 minutes for uh, for the active defendants in, in each of this, if that would be enough for closings, and we could wrap this up presumably by noon, if all the parties would agree, assuming we don't call any witnesses, so that we're not having to come back after one. If that would be okay with the court?
5: Yeah, that'd be miraculous, almost. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's. Do your that. Honor.
9: I certainly You're don't
5: any objection to that. I thought you might want to argue longer, but
9: I, I mean, I, I can just speak for myself, Your Honor. I probably have you know three or four minutes personally. Um, I don't know. what mi- Can't speak for Mr. Barr or if the county wants to give a closing or if, what Mr. Lasota plans. But um, I-, I would think that between all of us, we could get it done in thirty to forty minutes at most.
6: Are
5: you agree I- with it, Mr. Lasota?
6: Uh, yes, Your Honor. I don't need a lot of time myself.
5: Thank you. I have some experience with Mr. Barr that. that may- <laughs> may <have> been- <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, Your Honor, miracles are our business.
1: We'll get it done. All right,
5: and uh, Mr. Larue, you agree with that?
12: Uh, Your Honor, in general, yes, I agree with that. But I have something I'd like to offer to the court if it would be helpful. Um, We could put Mr. Jarrett back on briefly at 1130, if Your Honor would like, and that he could get the information regarding how many uh, ballots were examined yesterday and in what categories. Mm -hmm. And that might be helpful for the court for him just to provide that information to the court.
5: I thought he I thought he answered it well, and it was close to what Miss Grandy said. I don't need any additional information.
12: Thank you, Your Honor.
5: So we're going to come back at 11:30 with a witness and/or closing arguments, and we'll go from there. And uh, I'll apologize to the court reporter if you guys go way longer than you than than your miracle promise. But we'll come back at 11:30. We we'll stand at recess.
9: Thank you, Your Honor.
5: Thank you, Your Honor.
4: All right, so we got a little breaky poo here. For what? Yeah, about 15 minutes. Man, I think this is going to be a lot shorter. It's going to be short and sweet compared to the Cary Lake uh, Marathon trial. Now, (laughs) I'm trying to do my best muting this jackass in my chat. That has been nothing but uh, disruptive and, and posting really vulgar stuff, but he keeps making new accounts. So anyways, yeah, this is very interesting, you know, it seems like we're focusing on um, a few discrepancies found during the ballot inspection, and that appears to be the main evidence uh, that that's being presented here. Which is a little surprising to me because the original complaint from Abraham Hamadeh had four four different counts. You know, regarding uh, oh my god, this guy was, is non nonstop man. So <clears throat> there was four counts out of five. that that we're allowed to go to trial. And of those counts, it appears that we're only focusing on the the, uh, discrepancies found during the ballot inspection regarding um, undervotes that should have went to Hamaday and write-ins that should have went to Hamaday. And it appears that we want a further inspection of the ballots based on preliminary findings, which is very logical. I mean, that's the... That's the point of like <clears throat> you know a risk limiting audit. If you were to do an audit of 100 ballots out of 2 million and you find a small percentage of those ballots had discrepancies, well, it may be small, but that's a pretty big deal when you have a margin of victory of 511 votes. And so it appears that they found 14 ballots with discrepancies out of like Oh, uh, Mr. behizzi's here Give me you. A sec, hear. Nick. Can't hear. Okay, I can hear now. Okay, okay, before we even start, I got a five dollar Rumble rant from U P True Breed. Says, "Keep it up, Nick." Yeah, man, this is a three day marathon. Now the
17: deep state's been on straight. Yeah, well, Nick, I was, I was I didn't catch all of the hearing because I, I I thought it was over, man. When he said we don't have any more any more witnesses, I was like, oh, okay. So I'm just gonna wait for the verdict. Um. I'm disappointed that they only had one witness, as far as I remember. Or did they have a hearing yesterday?
4: Ooh, my screen just went blank. Uh, No, 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 no. This is the first day of the trial.
17: Uh, But, yeah. the, The only day.
4: It appears that way. I mean, and it's very odd to me as well that we only have one witness, and we're really only focusing on a singular issue here, when we know that a lot of the evidence from Carrie Lake's complaint could be brought into this one
17: well i i think the uh la soda is that his name
4: yeah judge la soda i mean uh the, the attorney for Hamadeh is la soda
17: okay okay so i i remember him saying uh they're just going to rely on the evidence in their brief in their complaint i don't know do you think this judge is paying attention to what's happening in maricopa county
4: I don't know if that's relevant to this case, unless it's actually submitted as a complaint, as part of the complaint.
17: Why, why the hell would we go to court? I mean, this uh, Lasota Les- sounds like a much better lawyer than Blem. That's for sure. Why would we go to court with two? Actually, he granted, us like five counts. Why would we just have one witness? You could have had the same witnesses Carrie Lake had, because I think they were arguing on chain. Of, were they arguing on chain of custody? Hamaday? no what about uh disenfranchised voters on election day
4: no I don't believe that's part of the complaint wait what the no, hell because 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 effectively Abraham Hamaday is not trying to render the outcome of the election unknown he's trying to make a determination that no I won like conclusively
17: oh uh, that's just stupid uh well first of all I mean he would have won easily if he just you know, brought up the same kind of claims that Kerry Lake did, he wins easily, man. Well, I think the reason is
4: because he wanted to ensure that this would get to a a courtroom. And so he got past the dismissal.
17: And I would would argue it would have been easier to get to the courtroom with, uh, you know, the chain of custody issues. And you could have made a bigger case that, you know, look, based on what we already have and the numbers that they gave us, I won, which is harder to do, you know, even even though there's 500 votes separating. It's really hard to prove that the numbers they gave you are wrong and you won. Um, uh, So there was a a part about adjudication. Apparently, the votes that they analyzed, I'm I'm sure it was like a special set of votes. I think they were probably uh, analyzing overvotes. Apparently, was it? 12 or something or 14 out of something, those votes said there was no vote for Attorney General. It turns out all all of them were for Abraham Hamaday. And they right. never, And some of them never went to adjudication. And they just counted as no votes.
4: Right. So here's what they said. Scott Jarrett, by the way, is such a crook. I mean, this guy is sitting there <laughs> giving sworn testimony and is so reluctant to just admit that there were ballots that should have went to Abraham Hamaday. I mean, he tried to weasel. He was squirming around saying that, yes, clearly this ballot was cast for Abraham Hamaday, but it wasn't counted that way. And then he, he kept trying to def- to deflect. Um, I mean, he's literally being shown specific ballots where the, the Oval is filled in for Hamaday. Yeah. And he was like, oh, well, that's not the fault of the adjudicators. Here's what happened. Uh, when we had when we saw that the number of check-ins didn't match the number of ballots, uh, we would take those ballots from the black duffel bags and run them through the machines again. And none of those went to adjudication, so effectively it was the tabulator's problem, not the adjudication board. And it's like, okay, so now we we have a bigger problem knowing what you just said. One, you're telling us that the check-ins didn't match the number of ballots. And two, we have evidence that when you ran them through the machines again, there was mistakes. That's weird, huh? Yeah. So in his in his attempt to deflect from the point that ballots um, were not counted for Hamiday, he actually raised more issues.
17: Huh. Well, what do you think? This I was here. I was reading the chat, and people were saying, you know, way to go, Judge. This judge is good. Uh, this judge favors Hamaday. That's one of the comments I read. What do you think that you actually, because I, I, when I was reading the judge, I texted you, I think I said, he just seems like he's paying attention.
4: Um, I think I think that the numbers here are important, okay? Because let's say, what would it take? What they're trying to get is a, um, a further review of more ballots at this point. And so what would that take? Well, you'd have to show, that the number of discrepancies we found in this small sample, the percentage is larger than the margin of victory, right? That's what I think it's going to come down to, and I don't think that they've proven that because fourteen out of twenty six hundred, and these are actually uh, purposefully
17: selected ballots. That's so, what I was saying. I, I thought it was it would have been a random sample, and and that would have been a damning piece of information if out of a random sample of about maybe one hundred and fifty or two hundred. Uh, across the various batches. They discovered 14 that represented blank votes, but ended up being for Hammond Day. That's where I would have been like, ooh, this could go far. far. But why would they... Only, why, what kind of lawsuit is this? Because they have a good lawyer. Why would they only challenge the official numbers? Why not look at the chain of custody, the signatures? Why not look at the other issues that would have genuinely changed the outcome? Of course as well you know while we're on that the people that couldn't vote on election day in kerry lake's lawsuit she has to prove that that was big enough to affect over seventeen thousand votes and even then way more considering some some disenfranchised voters could have still voted for katie hobbs so kerry has to prove all of that but in hamaday's lawsuit he could use the same case and say well I would have won if, you know, just 500 people or 800 and let's say two out of three were voting for me. Yeah, I won so easily. I don't know why that's that didn't come up.
4: Oh, 17 dollars from Gentry R.D. 48 says where we go one, we go all. Hey, that's what got me banned from Twitter, man. I put that in my handle. I got an insta ban. So. (sighs) I I agree with you. I think, again, I think Hamaday was really uh, trying to file this in such a way that it would be guaranteed to be heard and go to trial. But um, he was probably surprised to see that Carrie Lake succeeded in putting some of these more uh, speculative complaints in her filing actually get to a trial. So let me me just show you guys. This was the original complaint. Uh, And so there was five counts. And they're right here, A, B, C, D, and E. Now, E was eliminated. Uh, where he okay, so this is what Abraham Hamaday said. This is what the judge would not allow to go to trial. He said, Upon information and belief, the county defendants improperly accepted for processing and tabulation certain early ballots that were accompanied by affidavits presenting a signature that did not match the signature on file and the putative voters' registration record. So, of course, that was uh, not allowed to go forward because. I think it was because of latches.
17: Yeah, latches. I remember.
4: But these four counts did go forward. A, the Maricopa County defendants have improperly disqualified provisional ballots and early ballots submitted by individuals who, as a direct and proximate result of poll worker error, were incorrectly designated in electronic poll books as having voted in the same election. B, upon information and belief, the Maricopa County defendants have improperly and unconstitutionally deprived individuals who, whose eligibility could not be confirmed of an opportunity to cast a provisional ballot. C. Upon information and belief, the county defendants have erroneously transposed and improperly tabulated voters' indicated candidate selections when duplicating certain ballots that could not be electronically tabulated.
17: So, look, why are we not talking about this? Well, so that's what I was saying. I think uh, Lasota, or LaRota, whatever his name is, man, he said... Uh, they're, they're not calling any more witnesses. They're going to rely on their brief, which is or their exhibits. So it looks to me like they submitted evidence to the court, um, which is obviously not going to be seen by the public. You'd have to probably buy it. Uh, yeah. So this isn't the only thing they submitted to the court. Uh, they submit submitted all the exhibits and uploaded all the things they want the judge to look at before making his ruling. Um, I, I mean, look at the Carrie Lake suit. You know, not every lawyer that was a roving attorney had to be there to be a witness. Um, they just relied on their declaration, which which the court sees, but we can't. Um, yeah, so so they're just going to rely on the declarations, the affidavits from people that witnessed those same issues, and hope that uh, the judge sees and makes makes a ruling. I guess the only reason they brought a witness here is is because this chick was there for the ballot analysis, and she's just giving her a witness testimony. You don't actually need a witness. Um, like if you believe your case is just there and it wins just on all uh, the evidence you submit. So I, I hope they they know what they're doing, but I would have said, well, why not argue on dis- disenfranchised voters? Cause you pile up more things. Oh in? Are we on? Not yet. You pile you know, up but- more reasons for the judge to go in your favor by adding as many counts as you can. Uh, but whatever. Well, it is
4: uh, what I'm saying. wondering here. So one of the compl- one of the parts of his complaint was that the duplicate ballots were improperly tabulated, right? And when they transposed the original voter's intent onto a duplicate, they changed them. That's what he was alleging. So he got this ballot inspection and was able to look at whatever ballots he wanted to. He was able to say, I want to look at ballots from this county. I want to look at specifically provisional ballots or, you know, I want to look at duplicates or whatever. And perhaps... Through the ballot inspection, they didn't find what they were hoping to find. And that's what I was uh, wondering here.
17: Huh? Well, I I understand Abraham Hamaday, they filed an emergency motion because the county wasn't letting them see uh, CVRs. So cat vote records were back in, it looks like. So closing argument. Or, no, I think the county has Scott Jarrett coming back up to reclarify something, and then there's going to be closing argument. All right, we're back on the record in CV2022-1468,
5: so the presence of uh, parties in council, uh, Mr. Gayona, are there going to be any additional witnesses?
9: No, Your Honor, defendants have no further witnesses, and we are ready to proceed to closings.
5: Mr. Lissota, you agree with that? You have the right to rebuttal, obviously.
6: Uh, yes, Your Honor, no, I'm I'm ready to proceed with closings.
5: All right, so you'll get to go first and last. Uh, Get started. Go ahead, Mr. Lasota.
6: Okay, thank you, Your Honor. In terms of some of the arguments we've heard from uh, Mr. Barr and Mr. Gaona, I think they continue to to argue the motion to dismiss that they uh, failed on. And, you know, this business about there being no facts, no evidence, no nothing, is just a bunch of baloney. And I, I just wanted to set that straight. I, I think we, you know, we started out with five counts. We obviously had the one dismissed. Uh, we were able to do the ballot inspection and I think show a, a trend in favor of Mr. Homiday. Now, obviously we, we asked for more ballots. The, um, the sample that was inspected, uh, we, we didn't think was, was big enough, but it, I would concede that it was, it was not on the order of 50 vote ballots or so like we saw in the in the lake case so it was uh, about we think about 2300 2400 ballots uh we would ask your honor to and we think this is certainly within your your powers uh under mandamus and certainly under the right to to suffrage that that all arizonans have under the arizona constitution we think you should adjust the vote total accordingly now Uh, I don't, in terms of what was offered for Ms. Mays, I, I, you know, it looked like there, that there should be an adjustment in her favor also. I I don't know if it was one, two, or three, but I I definitely, you know, it looked like there was at least one, and I don't remember the exact number, but it looked like there was a vote for Ms. Mays that was not counted that should be counted. Uh, and I, I would submit that in this relatively small sample size, uh, we, we found six votes for Mr. Hameday. I know there's a dispute as to, well, you know, that it's outside of the Oval and it's on the Republican. I mean, I, I think that if you look at those ballots, I don't think there's any real argument who the voter intended to vote for. Uh, I think we've seen some, some strained technical explanations as to why those votes shouldn't count. Um, I know Mr. Gayona asked uh, Mr. Jarrett at the end, well, it's still your conclusion that it should be three to zero for Ms. Mays. And you heard Mr. Jarrett again go back to, well, you know, our procedure is we do X, Y and Z and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, this this procedure for this court is we try to glean the voter intent. And, and I mean, you know, never mind this stuff about the, you know, whether the, the, the process that they've ordained was followed. I mean, that the training, I never disputed the training. Um, and, and in terms of misconduct, um, we, you know, the misconduct is just that they didn't count the votes properly. We specifically stated in our complaint we were not making any accusations of intentional misconduct or fraud. So I think just not counting a vote properly, I would, I think, is is goes within that very broad word misconduct, which I would concede can can mean something. Uh, in some instances, is sort of a, a more of a, char- a charged allegation. But in this instance, it's just look, they didn't count the votes properly, and I think we were clear in our complaint about that. But I think it comes back to, never mind these technical explanations, I, I think we did hear some, you know, that, that the, the day of voting is, is treated uh, a little bit differently than the early balloting, but I think the bottom line is, for the ballots we've been able to present, given the short time, the compressed time frame, I think they clearly show a trend in favor of Mr. Hamaday, as we alleged in our complaint Uh, If you extrapolate the numbers, you know, they're not going to get us to 511 votes if you take the sample we have, and and we do concede that. That's just a matter of mathematics. But every vote should be counted. Every Arizonan has the right to vote. And if it's apparent to this court of law that a vote was improperly counted as an undervote and should have been counted for any candidate based on, on just the court's ability to to look at the ballot and say, hey, who did this person intend to vote for? That vote should be counted. I think your honor cut to the chase earlier with this business about, you know, that, that the other side was talking about the adjudication boards and, and well, this person's not competent because they've not received a, a lengthy Training session from the county or the secretary of state. I mean, just just look at the ballots. I mean, anybody can look at those, and and their training is for an entirely different part. Not an entirely different. The training is meant to essentially it is to to train their workers to basically process a large amount of 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 ballots and to try to be consistent in that and that's certainly a, a you know that's certainly a, a worthy pursuit but but that that training doesn't mean that that everything they do is perfect and that's why we have courts of law to review that so at the end of the day we would ask this court to uh to review uh, the the exhibits that have been presented and the testimony and to make a determination as to whether the vote total should be adjusted uh, even though we concede, we do not have 511 votes. So, with that, I'll I'll be I'll, I'll be done until I have my final rebuttal. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Mr. Lissota. Uh
7: Thank you, Your Honor. I, I think I I will take the lead here. Um, Your Honor, this concession we just heard from Mr. Lasota that he doesn't have anywhere close to the numbers to make a difference in the election. It's just jaw dropping. I mean, what have we been doing here for the past two weeks? I have, I have six lawyers in this room who are working, you know, the day before Christmas Eve and <laughs> untold lawyers at the secretary of state's office and, and the County, and this is all for nothing. Um, and, you know, Mr. Lasota says that we're dealing in baloney. Let's talk about who's serving the baloney here. Uh, let's go to count one of Mr. Lasota's complaint, where he says 126 voters voted unconditional, uncounted provisional ballots. He's put in no proof of that, absolutely no proof. Then he next alleges 269 of these voters voted uncounted early ballots. Again, Absolutely no proof of that. No even attempt to provide proof of that. No attempt to identify one election worker, what this, uh, what supposedly happened, nothing. Uh, Then when count one, I mean, we heard today saying, well, we're not alleging misconduct. Well, Your Honor, counts one and two specifically allege misconduct. You can shake your head, Mr. Lesota. But that is exactly what you you have alleged. And you have you live by the verified complaint that you filed here. Uh, So we get to that erroneous counts of votes. You know, what we're left dealing with is 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 a dispute over whether 14 uh, early uh, 14 uh, undercounts in Maricopa County either produced a three vote uh, margin for Chris Mays. Or a six-vote margin for Mr. Hamiday? Are you kidding me? Is that what this lawsuit is about? Two two million point five people voted in the in uh, Arizona, and this lawsuit is about whether either Chris Mays got a a plus three or Abe Hamiday got a plus six. I mean, I I don't know what what more could be sanctionable here. And let's get to go through the rest of the uh, complaint. Uh, count two. Uh, where plaintiffs allege that 1,942 provisional votes, votes in Maricopa County were not counted because they were unregistered voters. Well, I certainly hope so, but, uh, again, there's no proof of that. There's no discussion of that, uh, by Mr. Lasota here. Um, and again, he alleges misconduct in count two. There is no, there's no, there's no proof whatsoever of any misconduct by anyone. Then we get to to, uh, count three, where he says that on information and belief, there's an unspecified number of damaged ballots that were erroneously transposed, which resulted in unlawful mistabulation of the ballot. Again, there's no proof of any of that. I mean, what on earth are we doing here? I mean, people can't file complaints with no facts whatsoever and make no attempt whatsoever to prove these claims. And then finally, we get to uh, count four, where he alleges illegal votes. Did you hear any evidence regarding illegal votes? I mean, an illegal vote is where somebody tries to vote twice, where somebody, uh, perhaps who is a felon and can't vote, tries to vote. There's absolutely no evidence of an illegal vote in this record. Um, so what we are left with, Your Honor, is count four, the erroneous co- counting of votes. And again, the only evidence in the record is our 14 ballots uh, that uh, were adjudicated in Maricopa County. And the dispute is whether, you know, it's a plus three for Chris Mays or a plus six for Abe Homiday. Your Honor, I mean, I've been practicing law 37 years and I've never been involved in such a gigantic waste of time as this case. And the judiciary and the and the bar needs to step up to the plate here and to sanction this conduct. Uh, it has gone too far for too long. Um, and to get, get the admission um, in closing that, oh, yeah, well, it really doesn't make any difference. We have nowhere close to the votes to make a difference in this election. It's just jaw-dropping. So with that, Your Honor, I urge you to enter judgment today Uh, there is no need to waste any more time on this case uh, and to uh, consider our sanctions motion that will follow thank you very much your honor and
5: thank you mr Barr, mr gaona your honor i believe mr larue was going to go next you guys have picked the order that's fine with me mr larue
12: go ahead um thank you your honor um earlier in this hearing When Ms. Krager was asking Mr. Jarrett a number of questions about the county's adjudication guide, Mr. Lasota, counsel for plaintiff, objected and said something to the effect of, no one disputes that Maricopa County does a lot of training, and we appreciate that. But counsel for plaintiff also said that it is up to this court to determine voter intent on the ballots. And that's not entirely accurate. In fact, Your Honor, if that were the rule, every candidate who loses an election would file an election contest and ask the court to evaluate voter intent for every ballot. And that's not the rule. This court is obligated, rather, to decide whether Maricopa County correctly applied its procedures when it decided whether to adjudicate ballots. And also whether... The adjudications that were required by its procedures were correctly done. The challenges to whether the procedures themselves are correct, you know, a challenge as to whether we should adjudicate more ballots or different ballots. Challenges to procedures like that cannot happen in an election contest. They must happen prior to the election. And that's Allen v. State, 14 Arizona, 458. It's also Kirby v. Griffin, 48 Arizona, 434. And it's Zajac v. City of Casa Grande, 209 Arizona, 357 at paragraph 14. These decisions were recently acknowledged and followed by another division of this court. Sorry, Your Honor, it was a division of the Maricopa County Superior Court in the Fincham v. Fontes contest, which was CD two hundred two zero five three nine two seven. What plaintiff really wants and what he asks this court to do is to overrule Maricopa County's procedures and decide voter intent irrespective of those procedures. Procedures. But that's really a challenge to the procedures themselves, dressed up in the clothing of judicial review. And this court should not do that. Here's what I mean. Plaintiff identified a number of ballots that plaintiff believes should have been counted for Mr. Hominay. And plaintiff asked Mr. Jarrett over the county's objection whether Mr. Jarrett believed that the voter intended to vote for Mr. Hominay. But that's not how adjudication works, and it's not how elections work. Not every ballot is reviewed by an adjudication board in Maricopa County or anywhere in Arizona, or anywhere of which I'm aware. If every ballot were reviewed, that would be what we would call a hand count of the ballots. And Arizona law does not require that elections be tabulated by hand. Arizona law allows for machine tabulation. And Maricopa County, like every other county in Arizona, tabulates ballot by machine and does not review every ballot by hand, exactly as the law allows. Plaintiff seems to take the position that every ballot should be sent to adjudication, or at least these ballots should have been sent to adjudication. But again, that would be a challenge to the procedures. And it's too late to bring, though, to that type of a challenge in this election contest. Alternatively, plaintiff wants this court to, to determine voter intent of just these ballots, most of which, um, well, just these ballots that were put into evidence. Now, there were eight ballots in the exhibits that should have gone to adjudication pursuant to the policies and procedures that were established before the election. And the only proper role for the court in this election contest, if it's going to look at these exhibits, is to look at those ballots that should have gone to adjudication and determine at that point whether the adjudication board reasonably determined voter intent. You heard Mr. Jarrett testify that had what, well, what he wanted to say and what he did say before Mr. Lasota objected and then he changed his his answer fit with Mr. Lissota's question. But what Mr. L- uh, what Mr. Jarrett said was, had he been a member of an adjudication board, here's how he would have voted on that particular particular vote. And the reason he worded it that way is because adjudication is subjective. You have two people, you heard testimony, Your Honor, a Democrat and a Republican, looking at the ballot and saying, here's what we think it means. Here's what we think voters' in, voter intent was. And if they disagree, a third person, a judge, is brought in. But it's a subjective process. And so Mr. Jarrett was trying to say, if I had been a member of a, an adjudication board, here's how I would have seen that. And you heard him say that if he had been a member of an adjudication board, he would have awarded three more votes to Ms. Hayes and no additional votes to Mr. Hamaday following the procedures that are laid out for adjudication boards. So when this court reviews these ballots, if it chooses to do so, that's how this court should approach it. First, should the ballot have gone to adjudication? If under the procedures it shouldn't have gone to adjudication, this court need do nothing more. If it should have gone to adjudication, then this court should ask, based on the procedures and policies in place for adjudication, Did the adjudicator adjudicators reach the right result? Um, Just a few more quick points, Your Honor, and I'm done. Um, As Mr. Barr said, illegal votes are not an issue here. Um, That leaves misconduct or erroneous count. The county put on testimony Regarding the procedures that we use, and also testified that we followed those procedures. And plaintiff has not, to my knowledge, has not challenged that. And if he if he has, he hasn't challenged it seriously. And plaintiff did not allege or present any proof that the county's adjudication procedures violated existing law or rules. And in order to prove erroneous count. He has to demonstrate that. He has to demonstrate that we did something wrong. And that led to an erroneous vote count significant enough that Mr. Hameday should have won the election. And plaintiff didn't do that. Now, I say this as an attorney for the county. The county is not on either candidate's side in terms of who should be the next attorney general. But the county is on the side of this, your honor. And I'll close with this. The county conducted its election as it always does in a way that was free and fair and the election had integrity. And so we asked this court to rule against plaintiff in its challenge and confirm Maricopa County's election. Thank you, Your Honor.
5: Thank you, Mr. LaRue. Uh,
9: Mr. Gayana? Thank you, Your Honor, and thank you for your time this morning. I think if you ask anyone who knows me well, Your Honor None of those people would say that I am uh, at a loss for words very often, but the prosecution of this case nearly has me there. Plaintiffs filed a verified complaint saying that there was evidence sufficient for this court to take the extraordinary and unprecedented step of overturning the results of an election, an election after all, your honor, that reflects the will of the people. It was a remarkable claim. But as the secretary told Judge Warner a month ago when this case was first filed, plaintiffs had no evidence, none, to support their remarkable claim. The secretary echoed this argument in her motion to dismiss filed here. And the court gave plaintiffs the opportunity to proceed to trial on four of their five claims. So here we are, Your Honor, the day of trial. Plaintiff's chance to show this court and the public the evidence that they said existed under penalty of perjury. And what we now know is that this case was a spectacular waste of everyone's time. It was just a waste of time to the county and the, the county's elections officials and their lawyers. It wasted the time of the secretary and her counsel. It wasted Ms. Mays' time. And most importantly, Your Honor, it wasted the court's time. This farcical proceeding has gone on long enough. Plaintiffs failed to carry their burden, and it's not even close. The secretary urges this court to hold as much, to confirm the results of the election, and to confirm that Ms. Mays was elected as Arizona's next attorney general, and to do so from the bench today, here, and now. The people of Arizona deserve no less. Your Honor, I've had to say this far too often in the past few weeks in representing the secretary to defend the results of this election. But enough is enough. Thank you again for your time, Your Honor. We appreciate it.
5: Thank you, Mr. Gowda. Mr. Lissota, you get the final word. Your Honor, may I just have one minute? Who's this? Uh, Mr.
10: Jerkowitz from Pima County.
5: Oh, sorry, Mr. Jerkowitz. Uh, um, Yes, you may have a minute.
10: Thank you, Your Honor. Plaintiffs made allegations of misconduct, including inaccurate duplication against Pima County defendants in their complaint, which were unsupported by any facts whatsoever. A court-ordered inspection was done at county expense, and every examined ballot was determined to be accurate. After trial, plaintiffs have not presented any evidence whatsoever to support their allegations. Pima County defendants respectfully request that the court find the plaintiffs have failed to prove their allegations and render judgment in their favor and provide such other and further relief as appropriate. Thank you, Your Honor.
5: Thank you. Uh, Mr. Visota.
6: Thank you, Your Honor. So I'll start with Mr. Barr and his about the, for the, I don't know how many times he's accused me of unethical conduct in this proceeding, but Largely, it's another rehash of his failed motion to dismiss. I mean, the bottom line is in election contests, they're often not successful. They're they're probably uh, unsuccessful. Well, I I couldn't hazard a guess, but they're usually not successful. They have to be gathered very quickly under a very short amount of time with very imperfect information. Um, And actually, I'll skip ahead to Mr. Gaona with his waste of time comment. I don't think that that just because an election contest fails that we can categorically dismiss it as a waste of time. I think the election contest statutes provide a a useful purpose, even if a case isn't always successful. This is ridiculous. We have a case here where it was decided by 511 votes. That's 0.02 percent. Closest case in statewide history (laughs) for a statewide candidate by percentage. And the notion that that, you know, if you didn't you didn't prove it in the end, uh, you know, it was a complete waste of time. And, and enough is enough. And,
4: and we've had it with all these things. He's given up on his own case and just trying not to get sanctioned at this point. This is absolutely ridiculous. I think that
6: obviously we we asked for certain evidence that we didn't didn't get. So, you know, we're we're being attacked for not proving counts that we asked for. For production of evidence that never happened, so and on that point, I mean, there's definitely a, a, a wide disparity in judicial rulings as to the applicability of the other civil rules, specifically discovery. I think some courts have said it's available, some it hasn't. That's a legitimate dispute. This court said it's not, and that's just the way it goes. So, you know, I'll jump ahead to Mr. Barr's um, comments about the the counts, and I'll just go one by one. So the check-in, check-out, the count one was a check-in, check-out procedures. I think everybody would concede there were, there were. well, maybe not everyone would concede this, but there were problems in, in Maricopa County on Election Day. And what happened was you had people who went to vote centers who, to vote, they checked in. And if so you're out, which a number of people did not properly check out, when you go to the next vote center with less of a line, the machine says, oh, you've already voted. You're out of luck. Even though you didn't vote, you just checked in at another location. So those obviously were caused by by the printer issue. We had... You know, right off the bat, we had this printer issue where the the printers weren't ready to print ballots that could be read by the tabulators. Now, uh, again, and this is where we get into another misstatement by by Mr. Barr about the, the misconduct we've alleged. Yeah, we use that word, misconduct. But we said in our complaint, we are not alleging any fraud manipulation or other intentional wrongdoing. So we did not allege intentional misconduct. And I, he continues to misrepresent our complaint in that regard. But the check-in, check-out, that was a big deal because you had voters who were denied their rights essentially because they were not uh, they weren't checked out properly. Now, I should rephrase that. They were potentially denied their rights. What the county did is they went... And it turns out they actually found uh, most of the people who that applied to. I think they went outside of what their procedures say to do in that situation. But I think they did the right thing. They um, they found the voters and said, you know what? This voters vote should count in this circumstance. Now, that is something that we learned from Ms. Krager, um, and And that was something that we had to run to ground. And we basically we didn't find anything that would contradict that. So that is something that it turns out um, they actually went and they found uh, those voters. It, that seemed to be at least not inconsistent with what we were able to glean. So I stopped talking about it. Count two, the provisional voters, we never got the list. So I'm, I'm being attacked by Mr. Barr for not proving something, but we never got a list to match against our data. We do have, we do have declarations from people who said they weren't able, that their, their voter registration was canceled. Um, who seemed to, uh, we think, should have been able to vote. Um, you know, count three, I think, was the erroneous vote count. Um, I think we did show some errors. They're obviously not substantial enough. Uh, if, you know, we, we didn't go through all the ballots. We only went through some of them, and we were able to show what we were able to show. And, and in terms of, um, you know, we also got to some adjudications, which count four dealt with, uh, we thought, adjudication errors. And that in an illegal vote. It didn't really allege a legal vote. It just it, it was really erroneous adjudication, and perhaps that was a a drafting matter that um, that it, it could have been drafted a little bit better uh, in retrospect. But I mean that that's just that's just the way it goes in these types of situations. And that was only a heading anyway. That wasn't part of the body of the complaint. But adjudications, we did look at those. Uh, to some extent, to the extent they were in the undercount and the count five was dismissed. I think that is an illegal vote in terms of if the signature doesn't match. I don't think the vote should be counted, but that was dismissed on latches grounds. Um, so at the end of the day, and, and I would point out that, you know, at last thing in terms of Mr. Barr, as you heard, Mr. LaRue said yesterday, he thought we had acted in good faith. We have tried to speed this thing along. We, we agreed to the motion to dismiss uh, briefing, even though I think it kind of, I think if we would have gone, if we would have gone forward sooner, I think maybe our side would have benefited. We maybe would have been able to look at more ballots, but we gave them, we agreed that they should have their shot on the motion to dismiss and they failed. And now Mr. Gaona and Mr. Barr largely argue that motion to dismiss. Just a few points that that has already failed. That is that that's the waste of time here as they keep talking about that. Um, so in terms of Mr. Larue, I, I mean i I think he keeps going back to whether the you know whether the county procedures were were followed and, and suggests that that's the the end all and be all of it. I mean I understand they have their procedures, they're there, they're training, and they're they're there to basically process a large amount of votes and to determine. Uh, you know, if you can't really tell, if the machine can't tell, then then what should that vote be? I don't think that's the be all end all of everything. I think you've got a uh, uh, I think that the, the question for this court under ARS 16-610 at uh, SEC is whether we got the voter intent right. Never mind if it should have gone to adjudication or shouldn't have gone to adjudication. Under votes don't go to adjudication typically. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be counted when we can we look from the we look on the, the ballot and, hey, we got a check mark here. That's just the way this person does it. They put a check mark in instead of filling the oval. So I think that's the most important thing is the voter intent. Um, you know, we get more hyperbole from Mr. Gayona um, about the, you know, waste of everyone's time. I, I you know what it we pled a, a, a complaint in good faith. And we made allegations and we we went about it uh, with the, the materials we were we were given um, in the, the, this notion that it was based on nothing is just a, a complete falsehood. But as the court said, we are able to to gather additional information as we go along. This is where we've ended up. I don't think it's a complete waste of time because I think there's public value in having an election contest statute. And there's there could be public value, in even having an unsuccessful election contest, uh, because I think it does give I think it gives the public a little bit more confidence that that we have such a statute. Obviously, we wanted this case to go differently. We we hope that certain developments in the case would that we had no control over, including some of the discovery and things like that. That we mm-hmm. we'd have we'd get better access to the ballots. That didn't happen. But I think dismissing it as a a waste of, of everyone's time, I think, does miss a little bit of a broader point. Um, lastly, Mr. Jerkowitz talks about, uh, you know, the inspection in Pima County. I think we got to 160 ballots there. We had a, an unfortunate personal emergency with our inspector, and, and that was it. It's nobody's fault. It's kind of one of those things that, that happens in an election contest under under compressed timeline. so I would just point that out for the court. At the end of the day, I, I think that You know, notwithstanding Mr. Gayona's demands that that we do something from the bench um, here, I I think we look at those ballots. I think we adjust the count. And and obviously, the other thing is, is we've got this we've got this statewide recount going on, which the legislature, they 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 set the statewide recount at twelve thousand five hundred votes which is exponentially higher than our 511 vote margin. So that's the thing. We also have that going on. I think what this court should do is it should say how the vote should be should be properly counted and that should be in its ruling. And I think that uh, uh, we would ask the judge that please count these votes, even if they you know didn't go to adjudication or didn't do this and and won't actually be enough to sustain this this particular contest because there were a lot of ballots we didn't get to examine, um, and with that, I would thank your honor for your uh, prompt uh, setting hearings and and your attention and and right before the holidays. So that is appreciated.
14: All right. Well,
5: thank you. I, I would thank all of you for all the hard work that's been going in over the last couple of weeks, and I know some of you involved in multiple cases at the same time. Uh, in courts and other places, and people, not just the participants in this particular uh, hearing today and the hearings that we've had in this case, but people uh, around the periphery that have been working hard uh, to get this to the court. Uh, The the request that's being made today uh, for me to count these 14 ballots uh, based on their intent, while it sounds simple enough, it's just not how uh, election contest should work. Uh, it's the court's opinion. I dismissed count five for a specific reason that the, that was kind of an attack on some of the processes in the election manual that that's been in uh, place for uh, several years now, at least since 2019. Uh, the pre- preparation of the election manual is something that's done above board and people participate in that process and there can be uh, complaints about the manual and I'm, maybe there will be in the future, but for for it uh, goes for the same thing for re- recounting these ballots, these fourteen ballots that would be outside the the processes that were put in place by the people that created these uh, these procedures. Uh, what you uh, what are asking is again something I can't go back and, and uh, rewrite the manuals nor or would I say they need to be rewritten. This is a difficult difficult uh, process doing an election. Is a difficult uh, process, even in a small county like Mojave County. Uh, it's a difficult process. It's not a perfect process. It's an imperfect. Uh, but it's, it, what you saw, and I think you saw this, Mr. Lasota, uh, from the reaction uh, while they fought some of your uh, accusations, and, they, and sometimes it gets a little personal, but what you saw is some uh, when the reaction uh, to them is get these uh, information to you, I, I, I heard... Uh, Through the motions to dismiss, and through this, that uh, this was an ongoing process to get information to you. You didn't get it as much information as you wanted, uh, but there is information given to you about uh, specifically count one. You addressed it just now. Uh, I think count two was addressed in one of the motions to dismiss, where those most of those ballots were people that registered after October third and were not allowed to vote. Uh, Those are all things that have uh, occurred because there's been some response by the county. Maricopa County specifically to this process and to uh, try to uh, talk to you about it and give you information about it. Uh, this court has had to make rough uh, decisions regarding the, the extent of discovery and I ruled it based on this contested election and the process. It's, it's very difficult to have a standard civil discovery process that we'd all go through. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I know all the lawyers know this, but you know, normally if we have a civil trial, it gets filed in, in, in uh, December of 2022 and it gets tried in January of 2025. That's the real, that's how civil cases generally process through the system. This cannot be processed that way and has not been processed that way. The court granted uh, your petition to inspect ballots. You conceded today that you got to inspect many more ballots than were inspected even in the other case process and i think that's a good thing i'm glad that was able to happen And again mr larue was saying 24 hours ago that they couldn't even do that and yet they did it they got that done and that's a, again a, a process to the, the response to the court's orders and to the requests here what has ended up happening however is you just haven't proven the the elements of the case as we uh, review the, the the record there hasn't been proof that there's been uh mistakes made either, you know, there's no allegation again. And and I I really compliment the plaintiffs in that regard. And I think I've done that before, both in writing and on the record. This isn't one of these cases alleging political coercion, isn't alleging uh, incompetence or anything like that. It's just saying some mistakes were made based on uh, some of these processes and that some votes may or may not have been uh, counted. This isn't been uh, uh, the, the type of case that Sometimes comes before the court on these uh, kind of procedures. Uh, the bottom line is, you just haven't proven your case. You haven't met the burden. The uh, mistakes that may have been made were not uh, uh, enough to overcome the presumption. The court has to have in election cases. This is a contesting of an election that you know was, was done in early November, and it just doesn't overcome uh, the presumption that the, the election was done correctly. There isn't enough information. I wouldn't even think there's uh, even slide information that something was done illegally or uh, incorrectly. They just follow the procedures, and this is the way it works out. And unfortunately, when uh, all the ballots that I looked at would, uh, you know, for the most part, these 14 ballots would be voter error, not filling them out the way the instructions say uh, that could have fixed these problems, these minor problems that I saw in these particular ballots. that counted votes against uh, Mr. Mr. Hamaday didn't get and Ms. Mays didn't get. Those are, uh, if you look at those, there's mostly just people just not following instructions. And, th- and then there's the attempts that are, the evidence is there's been attempts to correct uh, when people don't vote right to try to get uh, uh, people vote correctly. And there's been no evidence that that's been swayed one way or the other for Hamaday or Mays. It's been uh, the, the Maricopa County doing their job. And obviously, we didn't get enough information or maybe didn't get to dig deep enough. We found no information from Navajo County or, or, uh, Pima County that this court could even consider was done incorrectly. It is ordered uh, finding that this petition is unsuccessful. It's ordered uh, denying the petition to change the results of the election or have or even count any additional votes. Uh, The recount is underway and and that will be determined next week in court somewhere else. Obviously, uh, based on some of the comments, I'm going to be seeing some future pleadings in this case, but I I just want to uh, address, you know, if you need a written order, Mr. Lasota, I can probably get one of those out by sometime. I'll probably have to work Monday to do that, but I probably could get something out by Monday afternoon if you wanted a written order. But I am denying uh, the petition and granting uh, in favor of the defendants today and not ordering that the election be recounted or any ballots be recounted based on the evidence that's been presented in this court. Well, Mr. Lasota, a written order? Do you need that, Your Honor? I don't
6: think we need a, a written order. No, and I mean eventually, but I, I think eventually you'll you'll do a written order. But I don't think you need to, to work on Monday to to do that, Your Honor. All
5: right. Anybody else disagree with that? Seeing no hands, uh, and, and we'll stand at recess. Uh, have a good Christmas, everyone. Thanks. Thank again. you, Thank you. Your Honor.
4: Unbelievable, man. Unfricking real, busy. I can't unmute you for some reason.
17: That's unbelievable to you, dude. <laughs> what, 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 first of all, I'd like no. to apologize to everyone. I, I came in here and I praised Latiti's, so, whatever his name is. I praised him. It is my profound mistake, and I take full responsibility for making you think that dork had any capability as a lawyer. What a what a crap show, man. What what is that nonsense? Well, can I just point out before I forget? The judge said, you know, what you're asking me to do to correct the election results here based on the numbers you gave me is just not something I could do. Well, goddamn. What if they did find enough votes to give Hamaday the victory? Could the judge still have said the same thing then? That Well, I suppose it'd be different if it changed the outcome of the election. But but that's weird. I think the lawyers, Abraham Hamadie's team, should have known this. This is why they should have argued on the disenfranchised voters on Election Day. They should have argued on the chain of custody issues, because that would have put enough doubt on the election that this judge would have probably went with it. But he did say at the end there that he's thankful to the plaintiffs that they brought a challenge not on, you know, the big issues and uh, not not alleging fraud or intentional misconduct, but just, you know, asking questions. And I, I kind of hated that, that perspective from them. But I think if they honestly brought a challenge with enough witnesses, they had one witness. God damn, that's stupid.
4: They didn't even try. They, they
17: didn't, didn't even try bother.
4: Try. You know, when I said I, I, it's unbelievable to me, it's because – Typically, when election uh, lawsuits are, are tossed, like for lack of standing or the court can't grant you the relief that you're seeking, blah, blah, blah. It's overwhelmingly evident that the election was stolen based on the evidence presented by the plaintiffs. But in this case, the plaintiff's attorney didn't even bother to try and conceded yeah. without making any arguments to the contrary. It, it was very clear that he conceded. The, the, the argument, and then was basically just trying to avoid getting sanctioned. And I I just... There's so many things that are evident of fraud. Why didn't you raise more of an issue about the fact that they didn't give you the discovery, <laughs> the things that you asked for? Why didn't you raise... And here's the thing as well. The discrepancy that they found has to be a percentage... Uh, you know the, the percentage of the discrepancy has to be larger than the margin of victory and i'm no math i'm no math guy but i'm pretty sure that it is i mean the margin of of victory for mays over hamaday was like 0.0003% or something like that and if you find uh, six ballots that should have been counted for hamaday and three that should have been counted for mays out of 2600 I still feel like you found a discrepancy.
17: Oh, no, Nick, there was twenty six hundred provisional ballots and ballots that were uh, adjudicated, blah, blah, blah. So they were all on, you know, the special label pile. And Hamaday's lawsuit says, well, those ballots that were adjudicated, provisional ballots, those errors in their count. Um, so they analyzed them. They found 14 that were problematic, three or something like that that would have gone for Mays and then six that would have gone for Hamaday. Um, and the county's argument is, oh, that's standard. We tried to get the voters to correct those, but they, you know, apparently didn't. Uh, addi- additionally, we, um, uh, we, uh, yeah. they gave No, the no I get it now. Yeah. So, yeah, it, so, it, it, so it wasn't a so sample from all the ballots.
4: Right. So if you were to take a random sample from anywhere and you found that discrepancy, that would warrant a further investigation. But they yeah, were yeah. trying to prove they needed to find five <laughs> five hundred and twelve votes yeah, yeah. out of that twenty six hundred. And if they can't, that's that's it.
17: Yeah, yeah. That's that's the problem. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you know, I, I thought this lawsuit would succeed for a few reasons. One, the margin is significantly smaller than Kerry Lake's. I can understand why a judge would dismiss Fincham's lawsuit because He's down by, what, is it 200,000 or something? It's a lot. Um, 200,000 votes, goddamn, in Arizona? Oh, my gosh, man, they couldn't even <laughs> give us a final chance. So, well, I thought, you know, with 500 votes, you'd have an easier time. I genuinely thought one of the counts was for voter disenfranchisement. I, I think I remember reading that. I supposedly, I I, I I was wrong. On election day, you can challenge what happened with the procedures just not before Election Day. So the fact that that he didn't challenge that, that would have been enough to win him this lawsuit. This judge seemed open, uh, but the lawsuit that was filed just wasn't good enough. It was very um, weirdly structured. The signatures were important. That would have definitely made a difference. But not voter disenfranchisement on Election Day, where you could have had 10 witnesses saying the same thing. You could have employees. You could have T-TECHs. You could have had some nerd from Florida that knows more about elections than anyone else testifying. His name's Nick Moseder. You could have had all these people document how elections should be ran and how Maricopa County ran it. And they didn't. And that's disappointing. But here's the scary thing, Nick. This is obviously going to sway the judge in the Carrie Lake challenge. You think judge, so? Well, well, <clears throat> that judge would be stupid to not consider the ruling from this judge with an election that was much closer. So that judge is, we could count that lawsuit gone. It's just not, I mean, I mean, I didn't ever consider that the judge would uh, go with it, but now it's like, you know, it's pretty much 99%. I'm 100%, almost a hundred percent. Sure. We're not winning that.
4: Well, That's speculative. I'll wait and see. Uh, That's
17: speculative. I hate that word, Uh, man.
4: Objection. Objection. That's speculation. uh, Foundation. Foundation, Your Honor. Yeah. So this has been a a whirlwind roller coaster. I'm very disappointed.
17: I just. I remember uh reading from Tracy Beans that Judge Peter Thompson needs five days or something to make his ruling. He has five days. Oh, he has five days.
4: <clears throat> he has up to five days, and we have the holiday. So either he's going to put it out there today, or it's not going to come till at least Monday.
17: Okay, if if it, if, it, if we wait till Monday, then he might be writing a pretty good ruling in terms of condemning Maricopa County's conduct, but not saying it's enough to change the outcome of the election. Carrie uh, Lake's team just seems like you know they're putting out messages saying whatever happens, it was a great ride. So you're not putting together an appeal. <laughs> yeah. Should be, you should be writing an appeal right now as we speak. So now, and I find it interesting. Well, the media is going to run with this, Nick Abraham Hamaday, Very narrow defeat. Only finds six new votes for himself, or they're not even going to say. Judge declines to overturn. You know the narrative is going to be running up there, so it's going to make it even harder for Judge Thompson to you know do this. Anomaly. In fact, we were saying this sets a precedent. Well, this sets a very bad precedent because now oof, you got to prove everything else to even get a successful election challenge. Heard, Nick. Heard on trial. We won't even get past trials. <laughs> this is stupid. Oh, man, what a dumb lawsuit where, where we could have had a really good opportunity. And we just we fumbled it. We fumbled the bag like the Dallas Cowboys, man. We should have won this game. We fumbled. That, yeah, not- that
4: was ridiculous, man. I mean, why would you not put at least the chain of custody issues in your lawsuit? Don't, why? Don't know, Nick. the The voter disenfranchisement argument's very hard to prove. The Richard Barris uh, statistical data, yes, it makes perfect sense. But <clears throat> I don't. I don't anticipate that the judge is going to go for that evidence because it's. It's effectively anecdotal or speculative. Uh, the chain of custody is black and white. That should have been in his lawsuit.
17: Man. You know? It, it was. It, not even just chain of custody. The election day issues that he was tweeting about and complaining about. Dude, you at least put that in your actual complaint. Not just on Twitter. Uh, that is so sad. What about Fincham's lawsuit? Is there an appeal yet? Well, we know that's getting <coughs> It's been yeah. appealed, yeah. Never mind. No, <laughs> no, no, no.
4: No, and, and to be fair, you said over 200,000 uh, vote margin with, with Fincham. It's actually 120,000.
17: Oh, shoot. That's good. <clears throat> well, no, not that. The margin's good. That's better than what I thought.
4: But he, he tried to say one of his uh, main complaints was that the machines weren't properly certified, and therefore all the, all the ballots were no good. And...
17: Oh, come on, Matt, Mark. You know you were never going to win on that.
4: Yeah, because they, I mean... They have uh carry I mean Katie Hobbs has a document from the EAC that says Pro V and S L I were certified. And even if that's and then his his attorney tried to say, Well, we think that document's forged.
17: what? He yeah. said yeah, that, yeah. Like
4: that To the judge.
17: Oh, and, my then,
13: God. <laughs> and then and no then uh they really
4: got sanctioned. No, no, no. Get this, get this. So <laughs> then <laughs> so, Sorry, <laughs> Hold on, get this. So then <laughs> the judge said well, Katie Hobbs put this document in her dismissal. Have you taken a look at it? And he said, no, I haven't had a chance to look at it. <laughs> I,
13: oh, my God, man.
17: But it's forged. And I know for a fact that it was forged. He said that for real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, dude. Oh, No wonder we can't win. We have incompetence. <laughs> this dude comes up. He's like. Ah, uh, you know the burden of proof. You know, look, an election challenge doesn't need to actually uh, overturn the election. We could just sh- by by you dismissing this, which you are going to, you show that our elections are good. Oh my gosh, man!
4: Uh, yeah, that's the fact that the if if Carrie Lake's lawsuit gets dismissed, uh, this is th- that's going to be an absolute. Uh, Atomic bomb for the election integrity mo- movement because we made we made it to trial. We presented the evidence.
17: Oh, the narrative us. will be. See, we gave you everything. We gave you your day in court. We showed you what you could show, and you did nothing. You didn't show any proof of fraud. Therefore, every future election that you ever deny is safe and secure because you failed to show any evidence of fraud. That's what that's going to happen when when not if. When Judge Peter Thompson makes this stupid decision he's about to make, the condescending bastard, he's hes not – I'm praying it's different, but, you know, I, I got to be real. I'm not your mom. I can't just tell you it's going to be okay. We're getting screwed out here, man. It's raining. It's blizzards outside. It's, it's snowing in South Florida. Do you see snow, Nick?
4: Nah. It's not snowing. Nah, man. It ain't snowing yet. <sighs> Hell hasn't frozen over yet. Ah dang Ew. but yeah this is just whoa, look i was so full of hopium last night did you what's hear me i was i was on top of the world man cloud nine I know, I know. For, whoa, for the first the time weather? in my life i felt invigorated with 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 a newfound sense of hopium
17: man nah, get get rid of it uh, what, what's the weather outside
4: the weather outside it's uh frightful and the fire's so delightful
17: whoa, whoa, whoa wait is it actually warm don't tell
4: me. I'm checking the weather. I have I've been outside for like two seconds today. Oh my god. Sixty one.
17: Oh it's three degrees out there. <laughs> three <laughs> degrees. Feels 61, like sixty one, baby. It actually says three degrees feels like negative ten. I got short sleeves on. How can it feel like negative ten well I, I can feel it because I'm freezing in here, man. It's only my great muscles keeping me warm.
4: Well, look, man, if you're going to if you're going to say if you're going to bring in a, a complaint where you say we believe that these provisional ballots were flipped for Hamaday and they let you look at them and then you, you find six that there was a discrepancy in three for the other candidate. What am I supposed to sit here and say? Am I supposed to defend you? Huh? Am I supposed to defend you if that's if that's how you approach this and you, you went to court? and you you tried to look for evidence in a particular place and you didn't find it? Yeah. And Wait. ignored all the other
17: issues? What are, what are you asking me? No,
4: I'm just saying, am I supposed to defend Abraham Hamaday and say the judge made a bad decision? No, the judge was absolutely correct with what he with with what he decided based yeah, yeah. on what was presented in
17: court. We can't look at this judge cuz he's he just came across as genuinely seeking to see what happened. Um and he he saw the counts he dismissed the signature verification because the latches argument makes sense. Uh, unfortunately, it's a doctrine that the courts use to dismiss you know, lawsuits like this and dismiss counts for no reason, well, for the reason of latches. So this judge did nothing wrong. All he did was rule on what they gave him and the evidence they showed him after he gave them discovery. So, uh, you can say Maricopa County didn't give enough information, but the. You know Hamiday's lawyer, their team that never brought anything up. You like you said, Nick, he didn't even say all the obstruction that was going on. Maricopa, Maricopa County had like four weeks to give them everything, and they gave them like everything yesterday, dude. It, wasn't it yesterday they finally got to look at the ballots.
4: Ah, God. yeah, it's correct. Well, they killed their own. Uh... They killed their own chance of success.
17: Yeah, yeah. So you can only blame our side. You can only blame Abraham Hamaday and his lawyer and his team. You can only blame the incompetence in filing that lawsuit. They should have thought to themselves, OK, if we can't prove something here with the physical ballots uh, that we analyze these provisional ballots, maybe we can prove you know, that, OK, at least the election day issues cast the rest of the ballots in doubt. And maybe we can look at the provisional ballots, but we should also get a sample of the other ballots. And maybe they would have found the same 19 inch that Kerry Lake did, and now it would have been a whole different thing. And then the judge is going to be looking at it, like, okay, well, that's that's interesting. And they would have never been been dismissed on the latches thing. So they should. That's a good point.
4: How how come we didn't hear how many of those 2600 were 19 inch? I mean,
17: yeah, we didn't.
4: Yeah. Are we ever going to know Curry's
17: that? Kerry's team, team did something very wise, Nick. They did exactly what I just said. And I know it's wise because I said it. Laugh. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, and, he's yeah. wise, oh, yeah, yeah. so wise. yeah, And hilarious. They they hit the lawsuit at different angles, right? Yes. They talked about chain of custody. And they also put in you know First Amendment violations in the same lawsuit. They put in voter disenfranchisement. They put you know, uh, equal protection uh, laws and equal rights or whatever, you know, everyone gets to vote and no one's discriminated against. They put things like that in there. It was as, it was actually a strategy to see which one the judge would pick. The judge said, all right, this isn't really a First Amendment thing. But Nick, if the judge had ruled that, okay, the First Amendment applies, you know, the, there was misconduct from the government to interfere in an election. Then they get to get all this discovery, all these email communications from Katie Hobbs's office to Twitter and to Facebook to YouTube. And it could have proven that she was changing election narratives in real time. And that would have affected thousands of ballots. So they were smart in putting as much as they could in front of the judge. Abraham Havardy's team, was they just stuck with, we won if we actually count the votes. How stupid was that? Because would Maricopa County really give you that much evidence you know that you could just look at; they would destroy it if they had it. So you should have been like, "Okay, we we could, we could probably get to trial on just this one count or these five counts. Let's put in I like mean, more."
4: I mean, listen, it was it was unrealistic for Kerry Lake to be able to to collect seventeen thousand one hundred eighteen sworn affidavits of people that were disenfranchised, but with five hundred eleven uh, vote discrepancy, Abraham Hamaday could have literally had. Five hundred and twelve voters that
17: submit sworn affidavits. He could have I had mean, fifty billion counts in his lawsuit. Yeah, he have had this huge like pool to pick from from things he, he could have shown. Oh, this side of things could have affected forty ballots. This one could have done a thousand. But all of it shows that I could have won, and it definitely uh, causes doubt to the to the result of the election. But here we are. Uh, it sucks that we're here. Um, you know what, Trump truthed, truthed. What did he truthed? I just I love Trump man, but this guy i I wonder if he's watching the same things we are <laughs> I wonder if he's paying attention and watching the same stories unfold, but I'm gonna show you all right, on the screen now no, oh, I wasn't all right. even all right okay, so read this
4: I can't read it. He said, so we caught the so we caught the government of the United States through the use of the FBI and other agencies conclusively and irrefutably cheating on the 2020 presidential election and completely and illegally changing its result. This was only one of many forms of cheating. But frankly, it was a butte. The FBI has no excuse. They were caught cold. But this must not become a cold case. Now what? Honest and brave prosecutors and judges must step up and clean out this cancer, which is destroying our once great country.
17: Okay, Nick, based on today and, you know, the last two years, what brave judges and prosecutors is he still talking about in 2022? I don't know, man. It's been two years, man. Uh,
4: I don't know, but I got go. to go. i am I'm
17: love to see that happen.
4: Sick of this yeah, crap, man.
17: Uh, I am. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink Kool-Aid.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna find some hopium. Maybe I'll listen to X twenty two tonight and you know, have a great Christmas and come back with a new sense of wonder about something else. Maybe we'll get on the Brunson uh choo choo train.
17: I don't um, know guys. Oh yeah. no no dude, Brunson's January sixth, bro. It's coming right up. Brunson's gonna they're gonna the Supreme Court is gonna change the country, man. You know this state judge couldn't make this simple decision. Bruns <laughs> is gonna do it, baby.
4: <laughs> yeah,
17: court, a panel of nine rhinos. Well, you know, uh, not all. You know, Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito and Neil Gorsuch—they're good. But Amy Con artist Barrett, Brett Orgyman, Kavanaugh—they're all <laughs> gonna, they're all gonna do it, bro. They're gonna bring justice, bro. Just wait on it. it pains upon the deep state.
4: All right, I'm 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 closing this thing down, ladies and gentlemen. I I, I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. I love you. Thanks for uh, tuning in and going on this emotional roller coaster with me. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, and uh, check out Nickmoseeder.locals.com. Also go to Behizzy on Rumble and behizzy.locals.com. All right, thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.
1: now